yeah, injury man. report. No, but it should be. There we go. Uh, welcome to episode 83 of Off the Crossbar. I want you all to know that... Um, so I recorded an episode of our little interview podcast, The Inside Look, with Lucas the other day. Yeah. Um, and he ran the recording. Um, so I got to experience firsthand what it's like when somebody hits record and you haven't noticed. Ooh, usually, <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's way more subtle than I thought it was. It like really is. Screen, There's no indication. There's no indication at all. Yeah, so. I thought it would be like loud and in your face, but it was not. So uh, it, it suddenly makes a lot of sense why I'm able to catch people. T- out today was a legitimate one, and I'm not sure if it caught me saying I'm gonna throw up, but that was in reference to looking at the injury list. It wasn't. I think I'm we not, missed that part. Okay. What? Okay. Well, for a little look behind the curtain is that I said that mere moments before we started recording and it, it wasn't due to any side, any kind of actual sickness, just one of, of, of mind and of, well, of heart. Well, that makes one of us uh, or two, two of us, four, four of us technically. Yes. Um, a little injury report preview, uh, Trevor Brady, who you certainly would have heard by now if this was a normal episode, uh, is questionable. For this one, uh, <laughs> he was, he was day que- to day. questionable leading into it, uh, um, but questionable meant uh, he's sick, so he is he is out. Yeah. Um, so Trevor, rest up. Uh, if you're not listening to this episode, oh, how about this? I'll give you five dollars, Trevor, <laughs> and now we'll know if you listen to the episode. Oh, that's a. I love that. But now, but who, might who be are out, we but, here with, though, Matt? Uh, I can't. I I don't remember their names. Maybe they should introduce themselves. Oh, okay. One Ethan, of the time. Why don't you go first? Oh. Me. All right. Well, I'll take it away then. Uh, so I'm Ethan Kershaw. Hello. Um, not an alcoholic, fortunately. <laughs> um, <It's good. laughs> but, you know, nice. excited to be here. Uh, Alex and I are here with the high sports and Alex will introduce himself here in a sec. Um, but yeah, excited to, uh, to be here with, uh, with Matt and Kyle. And uh, like they mentioned, you know, missing Trevor today. Unfortunately, he can't be here to joining in the fun today but excited for a podcast should be a, should right. be a good one a little so crossover be- before yeah. alex uh, jumps in this is what we hinted about last episode so if you're kind of in the dark <laughs> it's because you didn't finish the episode and i don't know why you would never finish like why you wouldn't finish one of our episodes all you have to do is probably set a set aside about an hour to hour and a half hour 45 minutes somewhere yeah. in there i highly recommend listening to this podcast at double speed yep Oh, but, um, and that's a perfect intro to me who listens to this podcast at 1.7 speed. Do you really? Okay. <laughs> I do. Wait, what do I sound like? A, that stresses me out. We need it, to, Matt, uh, I think to accommodate for this, we should drop our pitch on all of our voices. And then when people speed it up, it's, it'll sound normal. Uh, well, so most of the apps people use these days don't actually change the pitch. Oh, well, that's um, lovely. But we should do it anyway, just to, you know, so we sound really cool i guess i would love that alex hello how are you i am alex and i'm doing great here representing the hive sports and rsl sundays with ethan i know that i listen to this podcast at 1.7 speed but that's better than matt who listens to our podcast at zero speed apparently <laughs> we just learned before this this episode it. started so Sorry. yeah excited to be here excited to kind of get deeper into the fabric of the overcrowded rsl podcast ecosystem i guess overcrowded not we over. simply do not have enough. We, yeah. yeah. I was thinking Ethan. about starting eight more. 
<laughs> yeah. Even I just saw a space that seemed like it was served pretty well. And we decided, you know what? They need two more voices in that. So here we are. I mean, it is like we literally like, okay, how many actual like do we have a, do we have oh, yeah, a true a beat reporter that reports on RSL at this point? Like, honestly, not really. Yeah, the closest is probably Tom over at kslsports.com. I, I think Tom doesn't deserve a closest. I think he deserves it. Okay, Tom, Tom. Status. But there is like, that is true. It, it, like, we don't have, so there's some relationship between the club and KSL is what I was like hinting at. And I don't know what that actually is. Like, we don't have somebody from the Deseret News or the Salt Lake Tribune uh, full-time covering RSL anymore. Is that correct? That is correct. Does so it, this is why Alex we need Behar to. Does even cover the team at all anymore? I don't think so. I don't believe so. He's available if there's something big, but uh, I'm yeah. talking about it, and you know, it's just the needs of the Tribune at the current time. And yeah, honestly, yeah, Ray Ray Lake is, I was just curious. Yeah, yeah so it's Ray mainly Salt Lake is not Tom. exciting for for newspapers right now, and I get it. So it's mainly Tom. Uh, I think it's only Tom, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, so there, there's plenty of room here, baby. Let's go. We got. <laughs> You're in, right. That's a this, good point. Yeah, we we need we need more of it, I guess. At least like you show up to the press conferences and like uh, yeah, ask I don't questions. It, it is kind of awkward when it's just like the two of us with Tom, and it just kind of goes back and forth. Yeah, you should make yeah. Trevor come with you. Yeah, Lucas Trevor or Lucas. Yeah, Lucas was there. Yeah, yeah. I think Lucas goes sometimes, but I just, I just want to hear Trevor's questions, honestly. I Trevor might get us all like decredentialed, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah. It's, it's weird because like you i don't know we kind of just waltzed into this kind of luckily i guess and you never realize that the people asking questions are just kind of like random fans i guess yeah. at this point for us at but this point yeah that's why like we put it out on twitter it's like if you guys want us to ask something we will because like <laughs> when there's only three of us in the press conference room and there's you know 15 minutes to fill like yeah. there's plenty plenty to be asked none of our yeah. seven followers responded so <laughs> yeah unfortunately my grandma listens to the show and she left a very long very very sweet text this morning and she knows who julio benitez is and i have to think she's the only utah over the age of 80 that knows knows who julio benitez is so yeah especially because it came from mesa right mesa arizona Yes, Great. he did. Is there a Mesa, Utah? I need to look that up while we're talking. I bet there is. I'm sure I bet there's, there's a Mesa, Utah. 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 Is there a Mesa, Utah? There is not, but, well, there's Cedar Mesa, of course, and there are plenty of Mesas, but their MesaUT.org is, uh, Mesa is Math, Engineering, Science, Achievement, so it's the new STEM. That's good to know. Or the old STEM, I don't know. Wow, I better close this tab before I spend 20 minutes looking at a map, because that's what that's what we love to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alex, before we let you off the hook of introducing yourself, um, you've been the subject of at least one discussion on this podcast when all of us realized we didn't know how to pronounce your last name. Oh, <laughs> you and um, whose name am I forgetting right now? The media guy that just left. Taryn. Taryn. Yes, obviously, Taryn Meyer. And every press conference introduced me as Alex Mower. It is, in fact, it's Alex Mauer. Mauer. Yeah. That's Ka- what I thought. Ka- it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, so there's like there's something that keeps coming up where uh, I'll be I'll be like, I'll think of a word that I've seen while just reading. And I'll, I like um, I realized that I have never learned how to pronounce that, which is a sign that you read. However, most things <laughs> I read are just on Twitter. So it's not a sign of intelligence. It's just a sign of me spending a lot of time looking at dumb stuff. But sometimes I think it's endearing sometimes when I hear people 
that don't know how to pronounce word, but like use a word that they don't know how to pronounce. It means that they just picked it up while reading, which I think is nice. You know, I kind of like that. You know what? So, that's a great segue into. <clears throat> what what is that? Social Hauer. Oh, is ah, uh, there we go. Did I pronounce that right? You you nailed I, it. I guess about, while we're on nice. it, Kyle, how do you pronounce your Twitter handle? Oh, Kyleipso. Oh, okay. look at all this stuff flying gotcha. around outside. It's so windy. Yeah, uh, I have had that for. I joined Twitter. I, I joined Twitter in like 2011, I think, and then uh, I used to really like that um, <clears throat> uh, Calypso lemonade stuff. Yeah, and so I had friends just start calling me Kyleipso because I was always drinking that stuff. It's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good handle. There's also a band called Kyleipso that they are like really bummed that they didn't get my handle. So they like <laughs> they messaged me one time and I ignored them. Well, <laughs> Did they so, offer you any money for it? I don't. I don't remember. It was like. I don't even know if they're a band anymore. It was like 2015 or 2016. They sent me a message and I was just like. Yeah, they're from East London and it looks like they haven't released a new song since 2018. So yeah, see, you may and, have killed this band. Yeah, they were simply. <laughs> so they like they're they follow me on Twitter. That's so funny. Uh, they said, yeah, it's Hello Calypso is their is their handle. Oh. And uh, yeah, they sent me a message. I think it was on Instagram, but. I think I killed him, unfortunately, but so sorry. Very proud. Any big Calypso fans out there? <clears throat> yeah, send them my way. Um, speaking of social hour and uh, names on Twitter, um, should we talk about Will Smith on Twitter, the guy who is not Will Smith? <laughs> or should maybe we skip the discourse? I mean, I saw I'm, that. I thought it was hilarious. He kept he kept sending out you know messages saying, hey, don't get mad at me. I'm not the guy you're looking for type thing. It even says in his bio, poor guy. But that's like any time that like uh, alleged. Uh, uh, what's the right word for this guy? Alleged a febophile sex trafficker, Matt Gates, the oh, congressman yeah. does anything. There's that dude named Matt Gertz who always like. Who's with Media Matters, right? Yeah, I think so. That's pretty funny. Every time that happens, um, I mean, it makes me laugh. But yeah, Matt Gertz, yeah, Matt Gertz, Matt Gates. But yeah, the guy's name is just legitimately Will Smith. Um, what a night for t- what a night for TV. Am I right? Hollywood's biggest night. It was great. We was the, we we were there on a Sunday evening. All of us, I'm assuming, we all we didn't miss any of the three and a half hours of that broadcast. Four hours, four hours, including commercials, I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I turned it on like minutes before the slap. I don't know. Did you really? Yeah. Jenny was reading like live coverage from the New York times. And I thought like, well, why don't we just like put this on? We're not watching anything. Yeah. Uh, And then we saw it and you know, and wasn't censored on your TV. Uh, yeah, but Twitter is there for a reason. Yeah. I, uh, I overall, I'm a big movie guy. I really did not like that present that that this year of the Academy Awards. It was really bad until that moment, which was great. It made me made me laugh. It was very entertaining. Um, and even if it was like, I, I imagine that it wasn't scripted. I like to think that it wasn't scripted because if it was, it wasn't. Was, it, was really, it was genius <laughs> yeah. if it was. So, well, I, I, I can't imagine they're actually that smart. Hey, man, ratings good. are low. So they, they are, though. But like, yeah, they are low. And I did like that isn't something that's not scalable. Like they can't they can't promise a celebrity like SmackDown every year. Like that's not like I don't know how you live up to that. Like obviously they got a ratings bump as soon as that happened because Will Smith was the favorite to win. So then people were tuning in to hear what he was going to say. So I bet they got a big bump at that point. But uh, yeah, it was 
it was uh the show in just general it was a complete mess from like beginning to end but i loved that part and i uh, people are having very deep takes about the about the smack i just thought it was funny and entertaining as television should be so i had a great time with my friends we watched it and we laughed we we cried uh got almost all of your picks right i got i missed two and i missed i missed makeup because i guess I guess Cruella and it wasn't. And then I missed Best Picture. I really didn't think they were going to give it to Coda. And I did like Coda, but, you know, it is what it is. But Social Hour, you know, Ethan, let's start with you. What's going on? Normally, we, I don't know if you know, but we talk about like what we've been up to, like restaurants we've been eating at, foods we just like in general, a place we've looked at on a map or like a TV show that you like or have been watching or video game or a hike. That's that's I, th- I think I'm just describing my life, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why it's one of those Good things. Life. Dude, if you want to know what's going on in my life, I mean, I could ramble on to you forever. But like Please. it's literally pretty much everything in my life has changed within the last like six months. Really? Like, why? So I graduated from yeah. uh, college. Congratulations. That'll do Thank it. You. Thank you very much. Bachelor's degree in actuarial mathematics, which nobody knows what that is. It's like a sciencey mathy degree. Fun stuff. But, what are you yes. going to do with that? Well, I actually then that kind of leads in the second thing is I, I go. got my first big boy job um, working insurance with a company called Aon. And so okay. that was super cool. Nice. Um, wife and I now expecting our first kid. So Whoa, that's really that's OK. A big jump. And then uh, cool. we decided, well, you know what? We're expanding our family. We need more space. So uh, went out and, uh, and found a house. So we're, we're wow. building a house now in uh, Syracuse, Utah, which is a nice bit, a bit of a jump from where I'm currently at in American Fork. And, yeah, you're uh, going. You're going two counties up. Yeah. So I mean, like that. You want to know what's going on in my life? There's a lot of stuff. A That's lot of stuff. a lot of stuff. That's yeah. cool, though. But it's uh, fine. Yeah, it's good. I, I yeah. I hear. I hear. You know. Congrats on the kid. But what's what's a show you've been watching? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, the show I've been watching. I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it before. It's fairly famous. But Caillou? Grimm? No, not Caillou. Caillou is. <laughs> Wait, what show did you say? <laughs> Grim. Grim. Wait. What is that? I, I do know that. Oh, boy. Here, co- here come the searches on the Google. Okay. That's, right. That's half our podcast. <laughs> no, uh, it's like a it's like a it's like a dark oh, fairy yeah. tale type. TV OK, series, I, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah, there's like seven seasons of it. And like, I think I watched half of the first one one time and then I stopped. Then I came back and I'm watching it with my wife again. I'm like, how did this thing get seven seasons? Like, how do you have enough time <laughs> just to kept going that thing out? So that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm currently watching right now. Trying to get through that. But yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. But seriously, congrats on all the big life changes. That's a, that is a lot. That's Thanks, uh, yeah, I was I was going to say that we need to actually have you in one of the postgame pressers because I have to say I had a lot of fun watching the Seattle game sitting right next to you in the box. That yeah, was that was a good time. Really fun. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Ethan and I were the only ones we like stuck around outside during because like everyone had had re- kind of like either left or retreated into one of the indoor areas. But uh, that night was just so good because uh, it was just us and like DJ E Rockalypse were just <laughs> hanging out out. Well, he wasn't outside either, but he was ha- he was helping me hang out outside. It was a blast because you couldn't hear the music in the press box lounge area, but you could outside, obviously. So I was having a great time. But yeah. I maybe I'll show up to one of those. I I don't know. I need to have like a I've got some thoughts about like how I, the could the questions and what I would ask. But I and I don't want to be too aggressive because I can 
I, I feel like I could easily do that. But anyway, yeah, that was a good time. That was a great game. You'll just have to ask Alex. He pissed off uh, Albert Rusnak last year in a post-compressor oh, a tad bit. Right. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I didn't deserve it, but I also was kind of glad to get it because it did kind of feel like a moment for me. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's what yeah. I said, like my RSL fandom. So I was kind of that's pretty it. funny. Yeah, uh, that happened with Mike Petke and Alex Vehar when he like like he's like first week here or something. <laughs> Poor guy, hilarious. Yeah. Did he ask anything like out of bounds or was it just? I mean, Alex Petke? when. It, Alex would be the first person to tell you that he didn't like really want to cover soccer and didn't know much about it. So like he just didn't I, I, I he wasn't particularly like keen on like what questions to ask, I think. And Did I he think ask if the Chicago Fire were going to the World Cup. It, it wasn't was it that bad. It wasn't that <laughs> no, bad, but it was like nearly. a question where like if you've been around soccer for a long time, you know, that it was kind of like a weird question, maybe or something gotcha. like that. But it was like really uncalled for like the response. Yeah, like a lot uh, of things Mike Pecky did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Pecky and uncalled for responses. Hmm. Yeah. Mike Pecky. Yeah. It was. I still haven't been over for uh, Thanksgiving. So. Yeah. I mean, that's right. Um, I mean, he did break his Twitter hiatus yet again, finally, to pay tribute to Taylor Hawkins, the late drummer of the Foo Fighters. So that was yep. appreciated. But um, yeah. I Ho- hope Mike's doing well, what he's doing. Alex, what's been going on with you? Nothing crazy. Nice. I haven't bought a house, graduated college, cool. or had a kid. Or so impregnated a woman yet? <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> and I've been watching Atlanta. Just finished my rewatch. And nice. season three, episode one and two. Best show on television. As Donald Glover says, can only be touched by the Sopranos. And two seasons in, or two episodes into season three, he's probably correct. Other than that, caught up on Survivor. Season 40 wow. something. <laughs> yep. Same. You Insane. are? Ethan, I didn't know you watched Survivor. Oh, I love Survivor. This is why we have social hours. This is why we have social hours. You guys do a podcast together. Didn't even know that you both didn't watched Survivor know. season 46. Which Next is, episode on the Hive Sports is going to be the Survivor Power the Survivor, Survivor, Survivor yeah. cast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, not a whole lot going on. Ready to graduate, but still have my victory lap fifth year coming in hot because I got to do student yes. teaching. So, you know. Nice. Hey, it Super took me seven years that. to get through my undergrad. So, what was your degree? Uh, university studies. I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I just did everything. <laughs> did and you that have didn't fun translate time? to a diploma. And yeah, I did have a good time. Awesome. And you can't, love it. Can't complain. But yeah, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Nice man. Atlanta's such a good show. I like Best it. Show. Is it is one of my favorites. I'm like waiting. I'm not someone who like needs to watch it as soon as it's on. Like I'm where I'm. I'm like willing to let it ride for a few weeks before I get caught up. But it's probably the only show that I'm like that. Where yeah, actually, like, I, I get it. I, I like, like I, I'm like that with like HBO shows. But yeah, um, because there's just a conversation like all my friends, like every like all my like close friends watch Euphoria and they always wanted to talk about it. But like I can uh, Atlanta's just for me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little it's guilty just, pleasure. Now I, I love that show. I'm, I'm a big don. I'm Zazie Beats is like one of my favorite actresses and like. I love her so much. I think Donald Glover was about to come out of your mouth. Is that correct? Donald Glover, but Zazie Beats. I like, I do love Donald Glover, but like Zazie Beats is what she's like. I, she, I, I don't really have celebrity crushes or like for her. It's more. I have a similar one with. Uh, I guess who was my first celebrity crush? I don't know. But like I, I've gotten to a point where I don't have like lustful celebrity crushes. I just think that like like I would I would do I would do whatever to protect Zazie Beats. 
I think I said something similar about Zendaya as well. Would you like, slap I just, Chris Rock in her honor? I would. I would do that. I'd go on national TV and slap Chris Rock probably. If I if I had the frame of Will Smith, I would probably do that. It would do wonders for podcast ratings. That's yes. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is like it is so fascinating because he's like one of the most famous people on earth. But that Will, that Will Smith did that. But you anyway, it's worse than the Kanye moment. I know we said we weren't going to talk about it. Uh, I mean. Well, yeah, I think, it, yeah, it's objectively worse, but it's also like, I, it was, yeah, it was just, it was just weird. Cause then he, then he won then best won. actor like right <laughs> after, which was, yeah, it was amazing. way funnier than the uh, Kanye moment. Yeah. The Kanye sure. one was like kind of, it was just, it was pretty sad. And I was like, oh man, but this one was really funny because like they couldn't kick him out because yeah. <laughs> they were going to give him the award and like they could, it was just so weird. And then he like cried through his whole speech, but like didn't apologize and kind of called Chris Rock the devil a little bit, but then also <laughs> said it was so awesome. Just like great television. And I like, it's hard to extrapolate any meaning from things like that. So I just loved it. I'm in for the entertainment, but yeah, Donald Glover and Zay Z Beats, love them both to death. Uh, I saw there's this movie called Nine Days with Zay Z Beats, and it's a, probably one of the most uh, soulfully, existentially crushing movies I've ever seen, but it's it rules. So, highly recommend. But uh, yeah, so my wait, Matt, you go first. All right. What's your, well, what's your update? Uh, first, my first update is that Nine Days is on my watch list. So, I think yeah. we've talked about it on the podcast. I, I probably before. mentioned it when I saw it in theaters, actually. Oh, probably, because we're. We're now over two years on this podcast. That's right. Which is uh, weird. And that would have wild. been sometime last year when I like end of last year, end of okay. summer last year or something when I when I mentioned that. Uh, so I guess I don't have any watching updates. We're still watching through Columbo, which is still great. My mom loves that you're watching Columbo, by the way. She was, she was great, telling me so. about that. She is. Um, and other than that, we had a barbecue yesterday with uh, Jenny's <sighs> sister and brother-in-law. Awesome. And, and the weather was great yesterday, it right? It was really good. And I made um, some pork rib and chicken and pulled pork. And, uh, you know, I don't know why I decided to make three things uh, like that, but it's I did. It's great to have the variety. Yeah. And I, yeah, it was good. Uh, and then Saturday I went out and uh, purchased a uh, an old Olympus OM4, just kind of on a whim. Um. I we we walked by a photo store and I was like oh, I don't wait which it. photo store was it Essential Photo Supply on Ninth South like what nine eighty East oh yeah yeah it's a uh, cute ninth little and store. Ninth. yeah that's right yeah um so I you know we walked we were just you know walking around uh, the Ninth and Ninth area and we walked by and I was like oh we should go in and then I was like well no I'm good I don't need to buy anything Jenny said like well let's just go in it's fine uh, so we went in and. I was looking through the cameras in the case, like, oh, cool. Like, I didn't realize they really sold in... like old film cameras there. Yeah, a little bit, not much. Interesting. Um, I walked over and I looked and I, I saw the the uh, Zuiko fifty five millimeter f one two. There we go. Sitting on the OM four. And it was, was the like, time. Oh. I'd like, oh, it's probably too expensive. And Jenny said, "Well, let's let's ask." Uh, and so we asked, and it was uh, a great price, and. I mean, I, I would have paid it. that price just for the lens, oh, which was really? the real thing I wanted there. Uh, it's a beautiful lens. Yeah, I, dude, I didn't, I forgot they have that. Like they open like within the last couple of years, right? Okay. Like it's, it's pretty, I think it's pretty new. It seems pretty new, but I'm yeah. not hundred percent there. That's cool. I, yeah, uh, great spot. that actually reminds me, I dropped off some film last week and I 
have not received no. it back or I've not any. Anyway, okay. Anyway, I got to figure out what's going on there, but, um, nice. I love that. That's a great yeah. camera. So, uh, you know, and I've got some film I need to develop too. So maybe I'll go drop it off with them. I guess that's my social hour update. Oh, oh I actually hinted at reading. Um, I'm caught up on X-Men now and through up to destiny of X, which starts, I think this week and I'm very excited. So, uh, next episode, I love that. I will uh, maybe say something about it. I might forget. I don't <laughs> I'm know. I'm excited. I'm excited awesome. to maybe hear something about it. We started uh, severance, which is a good show. It's oh, that, yeah, uh, I'm curious about it. It's that Adam Scott one directed by Ben Stiller. It's like Ben Stiller doing like a depressing show. It's good. Um, do you want my little Star Trek connection to Adam Scott? Yeah. What is it? Uh, his first movie was Star Trek First Contact. He's like super baby faced. I will. Really? Uh, I'll Adam Scott's hilarious. I love Adam Scott. He's I mean, he's hilarious. This obviously it's not a comedy. There are I mean, it's kind of like a there. You could argue some parts are dark comedy. But anyway, um, yeah, I haven't been watching too much, but we uh, I went to Moab over the weekend. Nice. Well, OK, first uh on thursday i was like hanging out with some friends we're like we should just like i'm trying to i'm trying to do something this weekend and we're like we should just go to moab cool booked airbnb from saturday to sunday just on a whim nice so friday my cousin from alaska and well he's not from alaska he's from utah but he lives in alaska and his family came down and visited we had a nice little uh little dinner at my parents house and then the next morning we left early from moab moab at like 7 30 Got into town, had a lovely sandwich with some very gluten-free, accommodating, uh, like sandwich, like bakery cafe. I don't know what was going on there, but it was delicious. And I can't remember what it's called, but I will try to remember because they were delicious. And Carly actually left like a really, really nice review because they were just like so accommodating and nice to me in particular. So um, that was great. And so uh we're with a group of friends we're planning on just going into arches after lunch but i forgot that national parks are like really popular these days the hipping and happening and they like close it after a certain they close entry after it's like a certain percent full because of parking or whatever so they're like oh you this park's actually closed come back in three to five hours which is kind of a funny time frame i'm like "Ah, i don't really care that much there's other stuff we can do. So we went on this other hike. Um, what was it called? Uh, I, I'm trying to remember. Grant, it was Grant something. But anyway, on the canyon that goes over to Castle Valley, there we found this really great hike where you're essentially... Um, where you're essentially just you start like right alongside the Colorado River and then goes up this canyon just alongside this stream that I think stems from just like natural springs, like just in the red rock, which is great. So like you're hiking alongside this stream in this like red rock Canyon, the whole way. Um, it is, it is great. And, uh, so we did that, uh, and it, it ends at this arch, which, oh man, I got to figure out what this arch is called. Cause it's a, it's a, I really is recommend it this arch? arch. No, let's see. Outside arches yeah because it's it was outside of arches and it was it wasn't corona grant <laughs> I, I just found what it was uh formerly formerly known as which i'm not going to read on oh 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Grand Staff Trail is what it's called. I think. Grand Staff. Yeah. If you go to Grand Staff Trail and then just do images, you can see like some of the, like the arch is really cool. It ends in this like canyon that's like, uh, just like above like this stream. And there's like just, it's the foliage was great. It was just, it, it was lovely. So great middle of the day hike if you can stay like alongside the canyon walls and stay in the shade because it was pretty toasty. But um, <laughs> I just I don't know if you found what it was formerly called. I, I, I just did. looked it up. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Um, Problematic. Any, well, that's why it was changed, I suppose. But anyway, great hike, super close to Moab. And then after that, we went back, checked into the Airbnb, and then did a little sun sunset mission to. Uh, Canyonlands, which apparently people just don't care about, even when the park, even when Arches is full, Canyonlands was just like there was like almost no one there. It was incredible. It's so, also like incredibly beautiful there. It's spectacular. It's just it's a great place. So watched just a delightful sunset and ate snacks with friends, and then as you're driving back, placed a Thai food order at one of the many really good Thai places in Moab, which is hilarious that they have like so many really good type it's funny that they have a lot of thai places i've been to three different ones there and they're all really good so um we went to thai bella in uh or we picked up food from thai bella in moab and it was delicious brought it back to the airbnb had that had a great evening with friends woke up the next morning went to moa or went went into arches and just had a north it was just a great classic moab's saturday to sunday trip but well on the way back notably i stopped in helper which is at one point on this podcast, Trevor was like down in price for like a week or something. Wasn't it like a week? He was out in like, he was in price. Yeah. Right? He was doing top secret government work or whatever. Yeah, He was. was working somewhere where he had to sign an NDA and he was like down in price for like a week. And I was like, yo, you should go to helper because I was reading stuff about, they have just like an arts community and they like started to like, uh, restore some of those old buildings in, um, like on that historic main street and Trevor evidently did not do that because I tweeted because I went there and like, I went to this little coffee shop. It was called, Oh man, I can't remember anything. It's called happiness within. It was great. Wow. So <laughs> it was called happiness within and uh, it was lovely. And it's in this old historic building and like lit and that appears to be what they're doing and their project they've got going on is like putting in like stuff in all these buildings, but like maintaining this like historic main street. And they've got like a bunch of like mining stuff. It's just it's 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 great. It, it, I like what they've got going on down there. And apparently like on between May and September, they do like twice monthly, like uh, little like street festivals down there. So um yeah, it was, it was the other thing that like, I, I can't attest to people down there. Maybe they don't like, maybe, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I can't attest to many people down there because there was like no one, it was a Sunday afternoon and there was like no one down there. I was just having a good time taking pictures of all the old buildings walking around. They have like restored, like they have like a old fashioned soda fountain thing. And like this little booth, they have like all these like historic hotels that they're like renovating. And it's, it's honestly, it, it's great big fan over utah yeah never i can't I, I don't i don't know anything about price i don't ever stop I, I never even stop in that area like i don't ever have to get gas between salt lake and moab like and anytime we actually stop anywhere it's like near green river generally um which like there's some weird stuff going on in green river i drove through there and there's like yeah 
It's, yeah. it's, they do have great watermelons, but do they? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like a huge, a huge amount of melon stands there. Like I was, yeah. I was surprised. Um, and I was going to say like, it appeared to have been popular at some point, like mid century, because they have all these like mid century style motels and hotels down there that are like just completely abandoned, but still are like that same, like, like fifties, sixties architectural style, which is like kind of amazing. If you just drive through that main drag in green in green river, I was like, I was just wanted to picture it. I, I can't imagine that place being like a, a spot to go to, but, um, but anyway, helper only 90 minutes from, from Salt Lake. So maybe I was thinking about driving down for one of those street festivals sometime this summer and seeing how it goes and what it's like, but yeah. Uh, lessons learned, uh, some national parks are really popular, I guess. And you can't just like stroll into them. Like you used to be able to. Like just within like the last like five years that changed yeah, drastically, it's depressing. Um, which is kind of, it sucks. Uh, and I think during peak season, which I think is April, September for both for, for arches and other like Zion, I think is the main one. You have to do like time reservations, I believe wow. in order to yeah. get in. I mean, I grew up in Southern Utah and I mean, I was in hurricane and Zion was literally a, a 15, 20 minute drive yeah. unless you got stuck behind a, like a slow truck. Yeah, uh, and then maybe it was twenty five minutes. It's it's and fascinating. We would go up, you know, ten times, fifteen times in the summer. Yeah, and now, uh, yeah, it's like just not the thing. Plan you have to like plan ahead, and I, I'm not like if I'm doing like Utah stuff, I don't, I don't, well, just in general, I don't do a lot of planning, and it's like hard for my brain to even work that way since like COVID. Like it's just hard to think more than like a few weeks ahead right now. Yeah. It has been so. Like I, that wasn't something like we anyway. So. Uh, overall great trip. I took a lot of great photos, had, had a, had a dang good time. And I haven't like been to Moab in a long time. And I forgot how like Canyonlands exceptional, like uh, arches is cool, obviously, but underrated Canyonlands. Cause apparently, and I'm just saying underrated just by the f- fact that there was no one there. And then arches was literally closed because of how many people were there. So, um, got to see the one arch in Utah. <laughs> that is true. And also like, Speaking of arches, like I, I, delicate arch, very sick. There are some uh, really cool arches, but some of those just like insane, like cathedral, like like walls on, like when you go into arches, like I thought, I think those are just as cool as the arches, if you ask me. Those are really, yeah, it's a pretty pretty stunning. But hey, man, good times. Uh, Moab, cool. Still, turns out, uh, even yeah, on, definitely. uh yeah. It's like for me, I went to Moab a little while ago and I have to say it was like probably one of the best experiences I've like ever had in Utah. Oh, yeah. We did like some really interesting things. Like we went to this hotel where I don't know if you've seen it at any point while you were there. They have like this massive like water park type thing outside. And then the shower in my hotel room had like three shower heads. So I had a water park outside and a water park inside. (laughs) It was amazing. And then my wife and I, ever since we like went to that hotel, we're like, when we get a house, we're making sure we just deck out our shower with shower heads. So we've done that with the one that we're building and we're planning on just like adding some more on because it was Dude, that rules. Was it the Spring Hill Suites? That sounds right. That yeah, sounds right. Like, as you're driving in, you can like see like they've got like a they've got like rock formations built around like their swimming pools and everything. It looks really cool. Yeah. Yep. That yeah, for first ever time I went skydiving too in Moab. It's uh interesting. It's an amazing experience. So recommend I I 
watched a video recently of a guy getting knocked out while sky got skydiving I saw that in the video. air. Then his friend, it was terrifying. His friend like flew over and pulled his parachute for him and then flew away. It was crazy. Um, glad he didn't die. So yeah, well, speaking of dying, some an instructor actually at the same place I was at the very next day after I had already skydived, uh, tried to do something crazy and died. It was crazy. No way. One of the instructors. Come yeah, on, one of the instructors. Man. He was just going solo, just trying to do some crazy like trick or something. It didn't work out, and she had pulled out a shoot late and hit the ground and died. It was crazy. Did uh, he do the trick or? <laughs> I don't think so. Absolutely I, I, I not ideal. I mean, if you're gonna do that, you might you you should at least hit the trick. Yes, yes. You really think so? Wow, brutal. Yeah. Um. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. No, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to go skydiving to be yeah. honest, but anyway, it's, it's okay. It's like, you think it might be dangerous, but like it was, yeah. it was exhilarating. I'm sure of a couple so people go skydiving and one of them didn't make it according to your story. So <laughs> yeah. is, from my personal experience, it sounds fairly dangerous. It's 50, yeah. 50, 50 at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's probably one of those things that's like, it's like less dangerous than driving a car. But at right. the same time, I'm like, I'm, I, you know, you know, you're, Let's you're up not. there. Yeah, <laughs> you're up there. Anyway, so Matt, you've got a line 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 item on here that says pod trivia. What is what is that? Um, that I'll, is I'll pitch it to these guys to answer me that, to explain. I, don't know. I said that to Matt, and that's when I realized that he doesn't listen to our podcast because we <laughs> do sorry. this at the beginning of every episode. I'm just going to throw you guys out an RSL trivia question. And we're going to see how you guys do. Does that I sound all right? Yeah, I'm going to sit this one out because I'm the one who usually has to answer it. So it's just down to you, Kyle, and you, Matt. Wow. Okay. This this is really the spirit of togetherness. (laughs) (laughs) We're a team here. All right. Here is your question. Who is the tallest player currently signed to the Real Salt Lake roster? Oh, so David Ochoa is listed at 6'6", right? Or (laughs) 6'4"? There's no way he's 6'6". No. No, And they're all lies, right? Uh, Krylik is listed as like 6'5". No uh, way! No, 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 taller no, no. than Krylik. I remember, so we signed somebody taller than Krylik. Certainly not Jasper Leffelson. Krylik is not listed as six five. There's I don't know. I've signed someone taller than Krylik in the offseason. Uh, oh, it's Axel K. It is not Axel K. Is he not? Okay, Krylik is not listed as six five. Is he not? That's he's like six. He's like six one. Because I've I've been Krylik is indeed he's, listed as six one. Okay, yeah, he's my height. David like, Ochoa is listed at six two. Neither uh, of those are six the two. Answer. Anything okay, over wait, five eight is, is Cordova tall. the tallest player on the roster? He is tied for second place at six two. Oh, I know who it is. Then I think yeah, it's got to be a goalkeeper. Then do we? Is it one of those children is, we signed? It is indeed one of those children that we signed. And it's not Axel. Oh, we did. We we signed. Uh, we signed uh, Beaver Boy. It is indeed Beaver Boy. Gavin Beaver's listed That's as right. six four. Seventeen year old is the tallest player huh. on the RSL roster. Honorable mentions go to Cordova, McMath, and Ochoa, all tied for second. That's right. Six foot two. I remember looking that up when we when yeah the height is yeah so Cordova six two. Jude Wellington Wellings not Wellington Wellings is six two. Miram six one. Miram is not six one. Come on. I mean, yeah. Might I be. mean, all, all sport. I mean, Plata used to be listed at five, six. And as somebody who was five, six and taller than Plata, I was always very <laughs> suspicious. Okay. Joining the is, is, is five, is, is five, five. And Pop- it also seems generous. I was going to say, he yeah. does not feel shorter than well, Plata. Pl- to me, Plata, Plata was definitely like five, two. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 
Uh, he was so the smallest the, little guy I've ever the seen. Preseason <laughs> roster actually has Axel K at six four as well. Really? Okay, that is different than what they have him oh, listed yeah. at. N- none of this is ever consistent. Uh, very funny oh, to me. Man, I want to know why all these sixteen-year-olds outgrow, or I guess, taller than like the rest of the guys. Yeah, that was that was what happened crazy. when we moved the academy to Harriman. That's hey, we right. Are, we're only allowed to sign tall players. Cafeteria food. Yeah, Who's yeah. the oldest player on the roster at this point? Um, it's got to be like near him, right? Everton's thirty-three, and it shows. Although that's still <laughs> younger than me. Uh, let's see. I should have this memorized. I don't know that there's anybody ages, older than 33. Uh, well, why does that not show the ages? That's ridiculous. Yeah, Everton, uh, Miram, and Marcelo Silva are all 33. You're telling me <laughs> Scott Caldwell's only 31? Wow. Zach McMath's only 30? Yeah. Michael Chang being 30 is kind of funny also. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I well, didn't realize. Did, did we get the answer? Like who you got, got to the, the answer. I don't know that I would count did, that as a correct no, we, answer. Yeah, no. We we it. it took a while. Just count did, it. Did you guys know? Have you guys ever looked at Everton Louise's playing history? Like that was actually a question on Pod Trivia not too long ago. He's what was the a question? A lot of teams. I think it was it's, where he over was from. under on his appearances, and then also where he was from. You, yeah, like, you asked me where he was from, Porto Alegre. Yeah. He went to loan. There are two teams he went on loan to where he made zero appearances. Wow. And there are two teams that he like is such a weird and like RSL is by has been by far the longest he's ever played anywhere. Like yeah. by I mean, he played at uh Parizan, Partizan in the Serbian in Serbia. Yeah. Yeah, he's in Belgrade and he played there. <laughs> he made 52 appearances for them, but other than that. Like, I didn't realize at Spa, he only made 21. Wow. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I, so I'll be honest. I think Everton Louise as like a, a ticking time thing, not a bomb, but I think like we saw a, one really good season from him. And then we saw a sort of good season from him. And now is this his fourth season here? It's, uh, I think third so. Or fourth. Anyway, it's just getting worse every year. And, uh, yeah, so when we yeah. get to the uh, SKC game, you're you're gonna have to y- y'all are gonna have to carry because I did not watch that game. You didn't miss uh, not much. Yeah, you didn't miss a whole I, lot. I, like one of my friends was like, "Do you want to like get back to the the house and watch?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> I was like, "I could go be at Canyonlands instead." We you, did. I you made a better choice. You made a better choice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I like I like pod trivia. All right, news and rumors. Matt, tell us what's been going on with uh All right, our, no no the real news. Uh the nice. rumor mill, uh Gustavo Cuellar played against Bolivia. Uh widely expected play against Venezuela tomorrow, although honestly it may not be necessary. Uh that's at 5:30 p.m. Wait, have they uh clinched uh have they clinched qualification? Ooh, uh I do not believe I, so. No, but Venezuela has uh, what's the opposite of clinched qualification? <laughs> Eliminated from qualification. That would that would be the one. Their their goal differential is like negative fifteen. Oh yeah, they're last. Yeah. Oh, Colombia is out on the outside right now. Oh, so so it will be interesting, I suppose. But uh, yeah, they need to. Well, so they're they're one point behind Peru, um, uh, which is bad probably for them. Yeah. Yeah. But wow, Brazil is. 42 points what is the i i i don't understand world qualification and other uh, confederations i, I barely understand, understand it, it and, <laughs> yep yeah 
Although the last time they played Venezuela, it was a zero zero draw. So oh, very exciting. So there you go. Uh Soberino, uh played against Argentina. Venezuela lost three zero. <laughs> so you know, um yeah. this this match should be something. And we might see two future and one past Real Salt Lake player, and one of those is the same person. <laughs> nice. Elegantly stated. But uh, nothing new from the uh, Arabic language rumor mills that I try to follow on Quayar. People just love him. Like, he is beloved by fans of Al-Halal. That and, would be uh, the first time in a long yeah. time, if we get that deal done, that we have signed a player that the departing club will actually be disappointed to see leave. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, Rather. truly, I don't think there's another one. I mean, Chicago fans were kind of bummed to see Kapelhoff go. And other yeah, than that, he's, he's probably the closest. Already, right? Yeah. Okay. Krylock is the only one that I can think of that yeah. was like, and it, and it wasn't even like. It was more know. bummed that he was like the leader of the club that left, not necessarily. And they, I don't even know if it was like, they were like, oh, like best wishes. Like it was like such a kind, like uh, go, go do what you want to do thing. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to miss him. So, I mean, maybe it was, but like, it was just like, they had like that big celebration thing for him. And they were just like, yeah, this guy rules. Yeah. But yeah, every time we assign a player, we get their opposing team's fans just in the mention saying, ha ha, thank you <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. sucks. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Wait. Uh, I'm, looking yeah. at, I'm looking at the list. Tony Dakovich. No, Johnny no. Menendez. That no. was a weird Bobby one because Wood, people really no. wanted him to come back after we signed. At, yeah. But on the actual signing, there, there wasn't any. Yeah. I mean, maybe the answer is Giuseppe Rossi. I'm just kidding. No. Maybe the answer is Rubio Rubin because he was actually taking a step up. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're actually. So, yeah, that's probably. He right. might be the only one. Yeah. Anyway, those are your uh, news and rumors. Very exciting. Shall we move I'm on excited. to the most substantial part of the podcast? Yeah. So this is the injury report, which is apparently a new segment. <laughs> it's, it's, received, it's a recurring segment for certain. It's received a segment level status on the document which yeah, well, sucks yeah as long as uh i almost called him mike pecky wow uh pablo mascaroeni uh doesn't know why players are getting injured i think we'll continue to see this rise i don't know and yeah, they are he, all according yeah. to him unique independent events so there is no systemic issue going on in and he's his mind. yeah they didn't he's get quote, in a big never dog seen, pile and crush yeah. each other He's never seen anything like it or whatever he said. Yeah. And he, when asked if he was going to have enough center backs was genuinely confounded and did not know if the answer was going to be affirmative, but then also said not an issue practice how you play. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so should we start with uh, the first one on the list is Trevor Brady, <laughs> who is, uh, was questionable, but uh, I think we all knew he, he flew with be... the team, but he didn't dress. That's yeah. right. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> goalkeepers. David Ochoa is still out. Uh, Jeff Dusnip maybe still out was yes. not in the roster for the Monarchs who played without a goalie on the bench. So I would assume yeah, he's and Olave did injured. say in a, a presser that he's actually the preferred option to start over Gavin Beaver. So I would expect huh. him to return to the Monarchs in the starting lineup when healthy. But yeah, yeah he's out for oh. foreseeable future. Uh, Gavin Beavers was uh, so he was not listed as out, but notably, uh, Tomas Gomez was on the RSL bench, which means he would have to be a hardship signing. Um, and I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know how that works. Uh, if 
if he's fit to play with the Monarchs, is he not fit to be on the RSL bench? And it feels very strange to me. But uh, you know, glad he I mean, got. Some maybe he was Monarchs. gaining fitness with the Monarchs. That's I, as that's as generous no. as I think I could possibly be. But because that's like what. That's what they do with uh, yeah, that's what Rudy Rudine. Yeah, because yeah, he was he's injured for RSL, but he went 60 minutes with the Monarchs the week yeah. before last. And that would make sense because there's not a hardship signing associated with it. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. How do you bring up? Uh, that's but a great it, question. It worked. So, I mean, uh, good for Elliot. Did we get he's, an update on Achoa? Not that I've heard. I mean, he said post game that it is still an issue and that he's not particularly he says he's making strides but he's been quote making strides for the past two three weeks so yeah i don't know huh. okay <laughs> all right on to the center backs but also is david ocho even really that big of a miss for us right now is that no playing not this season life? So last I'm, season or two seasons ago i yeah. probably I, yeah yeah but. the great goalie wars of andrew putna and zach McMath. oh man probably probably settled that yeah you know i i think he's a big miss um if only to have him on the bench, because now we've got, yeah. you know, a, a guy with a bunch of USL experience and maybe he's fine, uh, but that's the best I can hope for. And, and Zach McMath has showed that, like, he is not invincible. He can get injured at times. And so, like, you know, <laughs> to your point, if we had Ochoa on the bench, just slot him right in and you've got a perfect. Yeah. Right what, Zach McMath was questionable for the uh, which game was it? Nashville, I believe. The Nashville yeah. game. Yeah. Or you're the one before because wait did we play away he was quite he was questionable for the revs game wasn't he yeah it was the second game of the season whichever one that was it was the yeah, revs was it was the revs, revs game yeah, because we were, we were watching, he was getting on the plane <laughs> it was yeah we were wondering we were like zach McMahon, like who's gonna who's gonna be who's even gonna go and he went so yeah um and yeah Okay, so center hmm. backs. <laughs> All right, so we've got Eric Holt with, uh, does anyone have to know how to say that? Yeah, it's plantar fasciitis, which is great because I had that too. It's oh. really fun. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun, actually. I no, it's bad. Um, so, Kyle, you can fill us in here. Is that a diagnosis you can get mid-match like we got with Eric Holt? I, so it, it can become inflamed, which I can only assume that like, it was probably sort of fine before maybe. And then it gets more inflamed, but you can generally feel like, like when I was playing, like I, I knew like when it was going to be a problem or not. Hmm. So I mean, yes, like it just probably got okay. a lot worse in that first half potentially. But yeah, that was, I mean, it's not a fun one because it can just keep flaring up. So, and uh, unlike last year, uh, I will actually say that's, that's a loss for us. Um, Definitely. If just because of the next two items on here. It's weird though, because like it, when I, when I had it, it would be like, I would like wake up and I could like feel that I had it, but I, I, I don't know. I, I can't remember how like generally you just have like a certain type of like shoe insert or something and it like makes it a lot better. So hmm. hopefully it's not a problem, but I I don't know, man. Some people get stunned surgery if he was for back it. anytime soon. I mean, Some people get surgery for it, but I mean, I played. I, I don't know. Well, I, I, I trust the experts. I guess. Yeah, I feel yes. like I've heard it's like a gonna or projected at least to be somewhat of a longer term injury instead of that's kind of a so injury. weird. He, he to me. said Pablo said post game that these all seemed like multi week injuries. Those weren't his exact words, but he said to be. He said he was going to be very surprised if any of them made it back for this week. So. Uh, 
Yeah, um, if you can't see this because you're listening on the radio, Matt just put his hands in his face and made a very sad noise. It's bad. Yeah. We don't record video anyway, so no one gets to see it except you three. Yeah, so that's a bummer. And apparently Justin Glad's, uh, you know, ham and cheese. <laughs> yeah, that's is what what's I, listed. That's what, I'm which I'm assuming think, is hamstring. Yeah, I'm still thinking about the ham and cheese pocket I got in San Francisco. That was gluten free. So man, back before, like when I was eating food that just like damaged my body like immensely and like made me extremely ill and like almost killed me, sort of. I uh, there was this there's this bakery that's in it's just a little bit north of Half Moon Bay. It's it's south Granada, Granada, California. Uh, it's like on the coast as you're going from like. San Francisco down to Half Moon Bay. And I think it's like between those two places. Not looking at a map, interestingly, because I normally always have a map pulled up in case of situations like this. But there was this restaurant that I went to, or like this bakery, restaurant, cafe, whatever. They opened, they would open like 4.30 in the morning. And I used to do a lot of like through the night drives. And at one time I was going to Big Sur and I was yeah. passing through that spot at like like five in the morning and they were open and I got like a ham and cheese croissant there and it was like the best. I like dream about it still. Like as I'm, mm. when I die, like the DMT is like releasing from my brain. I'm just going to like be picturing and thinking about that ham and cheese croissant. So, Hey man, I get it. If that's, if that's just like bleeding through your thoughts onto this document that we're all having to read together, then yeah, I understand. Yeah. Uh, so Justin glad is that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> So. I'm so hungry now, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, that's why I eat right before we do this. Justin Glad, uh, that's another multi-week one. And then this one was <laughs> like the most upsetting one to me personally, I guess. Uh, Kompelhoff was in the starting lineup for the game. And I was trying to like kind of follow like what was going on. I saw the starting lineup and I saw like the tweet as I was on my way to Candylands. And then like at some point I saw somebody, I saw their corrected lineup get tweeted, which was Koppelhoff being subbed out before the or subbed out of the starting lineup before the game started uh for who, who took his place Jasper Leffelsund but the special ingredient not a not a left wing center back um which was good okay, but that was so, originally the plan yeah okay so he he hurts his calf which that's a concern, especially with what Alex said about this being like a multi-week thing, potentially, or at least more than one. Uh, yeah, so Lawfulsend take takes his place. What did we end up lining up as then? Uh, would you guys describe it as like a 4-2-3-1? Four, four, yeah, a little empty yeah. bucket, something like that. Okay. Lawfulsend was pretty clearly on the wing. So he yeah. was he playing like left back or left mid? Something Who was like left right back? Wing. Left right back wing? was Taters, right back was Brody, and oh then, right, yeah, Lovelson was on right wing. So okay, so Tate Schmidt and Brody were actually playing fullback this time. Yes, okay, more or less, sort of. All and right. they did well, but we'll get to that. All <laughs> right, cool. So he's gone. Uh, <laughs> Zach Farnsworth is still injured. Also, yeah, I don't never. I don't think he's going to recover. I don't um, think he's going to play a game for RSL. To we be signed him in Ju- uh, June 17th, 2021. We are nearing, you know, the one year mark. He was injured when we got him, as the doc says. And <laughs> yes, it, it's it's such a bummer, too, because he should have been Haziel Orozco this year. And yeah, just not an opportunity for it. 
I kept grown. hearing he was ahead of where Carlos Salcedo was, but uh, now we get to hear that about another player. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then our, our other center back. We have uh, to have Trey on or else he's going to get so mad that you keep making comments like that. <laughs> and that's true. Um, our other uh, center back that's not actually a center back, uh, Aaron Herrera. And I forgot what his issue is, but... Uh, okay, so you... It, what was the first issue he had? I thought it was a hamstring tweak, and then we were told it was a different hamstring. Was he quad? Sounds yeah. right. Oh, quad sounds. So much confidence, but now I think it was quad. Some leg thing. Something was one of his two legs. And then the the other issue was a different issue on one of the two legs, maybe a different leg. Um, yeah. Because it was... Oh, man. Because uh, you you would argue you you tweeted about Aaron Herrera aggravating his injury and Spenno said different injury, but yeah. Spenno also said I am ninety nine point nine percent sure he had said the word reaggravated on on air on ESPN seven hundred. So they, I don't they know. said that. So when when he came in for Justin Glad against Nashville after that, didn't they say that he had reaggravated? What it was? That's what I thought was the reaggravation. Maybe this is something different. I. Well, anyway, in any case, that's bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> Indeed. Agreed. So there's uh, five players that uh, in the defense. So uh, don't have don't have many more left. And we we'll get. Good thing that. we only play with two defenders anyway. Notable <laughs> from that actually was that Pablo Mastroeni said we might have to have an outside back come in to play center back in the back three. Just don't play back three. It yeah, seems to be not an option. He, oh. I don't know. Tom asked the question about center back availability, and he said we might have to bring one in. No. But then we lose, we lose things going wide, and he's correct. And right. Alex has pointed this out, but I, uh. I, was it you that asked the question? I don't know if you asked the question or if he just said it and you reported it, but he at one point said that a back four or like a four, two, three, one was his ideal formation. Oh, yeah, no, like I that. asked it, and he said – because I was, I am a big proponent of the back three when there are actual center backs healthy. Yeah, and he said that his ideal is the four two three one. I think mostly because of Dami, because he doesn't really fit into the three five two. But right. he, I mean, tripled down at this point. If you're going to be this injured and still try to force a back three, it's clearly your ideal, right? I mean, if we see, <laughs> there's Andrew no other Brody, way to describe it. Oh, if we see Andrew Brody in that back three, like <laughs> it's over. I'm going to start a small fire in my bathroom. This is why we should have kept Brody is going to get absolutely ragdolled if he's playing at a back three. I love him, but he is a very small, very lanky guy. And I just don't know how he would. It's going to be Tate Schmidt. They're going to bring Tate Schmidt into it to be the left center back. Oh, man. I can feel it. You're right. Yeah, you actually that does. I actually kind of like it. I don't hate it. I I hate it. It's definitely because that's how we this. That's exactly how we're going to end up doing what we did against like San Jose last year. Like I, I'm just like in my brain can just feel and just exactly how things went down when we were doing that type of thing. I like the three. I like how we've been playing the three, four, three or whatever. That's nice. But I think it only works because there are three actual center backs. Right. I don't know if we can, I don't want to go back to the pain that was caused last year. I can't do it, Matt. I can't do it. I can't do it we're just gonna have to do an hour social hour and uh and the podcast after an hour instead of <laughs> it's like we just we can't there. i can't i can't watch that again also i did look it up it's a right quad for aaron herrera so oh yeah <sighs> all right we were all right cool um all right midfielders uh nick beasler is out um okay. who can also play play center back 
<laughs> he he is, or does he? He did at one point. Yeah, he I will. mean, I'd trust him at center back before uh, a fullback. I would I'd rather Nick Beasler play center back than Tateman because I, yeah. Yeah. I might rather Tater. I'd rather, I'd rather not, have uh, Nick Beasler play center back than like defensive midfielder. Honestly, at this point, huh. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I none of these sound fun to me. <laughs> Nick Beasler, may, maybe there's a chance that he plays with a face mask, but like, I don't is he face injured? Is that what's he? going on? The broken he, nose, yeah. But we're we're on like month what five of a recovery from a broken nose. That there's got to be something up there, right? I, I mean, there has to surgery be. and it had to like set. I don't know. I've never broken my face. I haven't either, but. Chris Shuley broke his face once pretty badly, and then uh, he was back well, very quickly. Sonny very broke quickly. his face too, and he wasn't out all that he, long either. He had the mask as well. Yeah, and then he became terrible. That That's was, which was a bummer because he was yeah. the best. He I was loved so Sonny. I loved him and his clothing choices. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> all right, um, so final. Oh, do you? No, no. This one made me upset. Yeah, Bobby Wood. Uh, Kyle, why did it make you upset? Because okay, uh, now I mean I can just say this because Terry no longer works for RSL, but uh, so okay, so Bobby Woods out with hamstring tightness. I wonder. Okay, I know I'm not gonna put Taryn on blast, but so last fall at, at the I guess it was like toward the end of last summer, right? It was before the like Colorado game. It was so there was some game where we were where where we were playing. We were like where we were expecting Bobby Wood to be in the starting lineup, and he was not. So I texted Taryn. I said, dude, what's up? And he said, hamstring. He said, just purely precautionary hamstring tightness, nothing to worry about. And then we didn't see Bobby Wood for like weeks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is Sergio Cordova being added to the injury list right now? Yes, that's me. Did you, uh, I guess you didn't watch the game. <laughs> I just remembered. Um, I yeah, his, his, uh, his leg was falling off, I guess. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so Taryn told me back then, hamstring tightness, precautionary, nothing to worry about. I saw similar words being used to describe this Bobby Wood precautionary thing. Uh, I, I'm i going to assume that it is something to worry about, and I, I will be pleasantly surprised if it is not. So what happened to Sergio Cordova in this, Cordova in this game? I'm just getting my dates mixed up. I remembered it was the end of the Nashville game. Yep, yeah. the Nashville okay, game. Okay, good. Where he was so, just limping around, but he's back. He didn't really do anything this last game, though, Kansas City, to be honest. He kind of okay. disappeared. One, so, if there was yeah. to add, I wondered if Scott Caldwell was going to get a shout here because he did. Like, it was interesting yeah. that he came off and he did receive like a couple pretty nasty tackles. So I am worried that he's injured, but we haven't gotten any <laughs> news on that. Yeah, Trevor yeah. mentioned something like that he had assumed Scott Caldwell was injured. Didn't, didn't there that happen? There was no reason to take him off if he wasn't injured, is yeah. how I read the situation. He had two hard tackles in the first half. Especially he since he's and, played every minute. Yeah. He may, you know, he's come off maybe a couple times, but he's, he's, been, he's like one of our later subs if he has been subbed off. Yeah. yeah, so I would not be stunned to see him pop up on the injury report. Ugh. I would be devastated to see him pop up on the injury report. <laughs> this honestly, that is so. That is an insanely long list. It is a very long list. Should we? Should but we? Rubio's talk- off it, and Dami's off it. If, if and there's Marcelo some Silva's bright side, and Marcelo Silva's toe is back, so <laughs> I don't know if if there's any bright side, it's that that. Yeah. So we. We saw returns for in the in the, the, the this is the rundown, but I do know that we saw. This in this game that I did not watch, Rubio Rubin returned. Demir Krylock made a sub. A su- all these guys made guys made substitution appearances. Yes. Is that correct? Except the last one on the list, uh, Marcelo Silva. Joni Menendez started, but he wasn't injured. So. 
So we got two back Maybe and we lost three more. So our plus minus injured. isn't looking great. But No, that's not what you want. Especially when the guys we got back, aside from Marcel Silva, are not defenders. But um, I'm assuming Krylock didn't do too much in the few minutes that he played. Took a free kick. Oh, that's good. <laughs> guy it, it, it wasn't good, but... Okay. <laughs> but the game was on the line, if that... <laughs> yeah oh um man. so yeah those are the players that so tell, me, t- tell me about this game so uh i see that they scored a goal i knew that yeah uh so everton louise comes on and um i don't I like think that that's he, where you choose to start your recap there, there's yeah. nothing before that, so, that did, really did we play i, I like know. okay so their goal came in the second half right like it was yeah. zero zero yeah. and a half did we play well in the first half yes yeah, I am going to go out on a limb and go with an emphatic yes. To go on yeah, the road okay. with a depleted squad, we actually did do really well. We created pretty good chances. Menendez misses one. I think it might have been called offside. They came remember from like the six-yard box from a ball in from Cordova. Menendez, he had a ton of shots in this game. He just didn't seem to put any on target. But he, oh, he himself... Did. He finished one. He was just called offside. Yeah, he it, was, unfortunately. But That sucks. Yeah, so I would say we actually did look pretty solid through 45, especially considering we had two pregame injury injuries if we're counting bobby wood as one of those yeah sure. i don't know like i am flu yeah yeah, yeah exactly so i like i like to think he was at least someone in the plans but i thought we actually played pretty well all nice. things considered unfortunately it just the schedule doesn't get any easier and we don't get a whole lot healthier yeah so after this last home game we had against nashville four of the next five including this one against kansas city were on the road is that correct like our next home game is uh galaxy toronto. is that oh toronto. toronto and then we have galaxy yeah. at like the end of april so we've got two home games in the next month i think yeah sounds right oh <sighs> yeah that's correct that's that's really tough i yeah i don't know who made our schedule but it kind of sucks i'm assuming we have backloaded like our schedule with home games which i don't know i guess that's good yeah i think we are to make a ton of home appearances oh yeah that'd be good but um Cool. So we did look decent, but I know that they did score, uh, which I'm assuming Matt has deemed to be Everton Louise's greatest impact on the field. Yeah. What did he do to make that goal happen, Matt? Uh, he was just the wrong side of Johnny Russell. Like, really, it's it's not like he missed a tackle or he was just he decided to be better if he was on the far side of you know the goal and not not the near side. And, you know, I have never been a professional soccer player, so far be it from me to suggest that a player should try to put themselves between uh, the goal and the player in when they're a midfielder and the player is Johnny Russell. But maybe he thought Johnny Russell was uh, going to like make a Cruyff turn and go out wide and Johnny Russell, who was also coming back from injury, right? Like, so he made his first appearance of the season. Did shall we play as well? Yeah. Did Kyrie Shelton play as well? Yes. Came on. All three of those guys. huh? Okay. The Must worst nice. part for me of the Everton thing is that he did the exact same thing like five minutes earlier. I posted a video on Twitter of it, but in the 63rd minute, he makes the exact same play on Johnny Russell and Haziel Orozco gets over to force it wide, but he does oh, get yeah. it like a very clean shot off. And it's like, it is truly the exact same play that he gets absolutely burned on. And then he does the same thing for the goal. So I, I, I have a hard time seeing Oh, How no, I just watched the video. Out. Yeah. Oh, that's loud. what he does that's... in that is pretty much the exact same thing he does to concede the goal. It's very, very bad. Yeah. Like, look at the angle he takes. He just comes. He comes to put back pressure 
on a guy cutting inside he, to the 12 or, for or my the for my jazz heads out there he just tried to defend johnny Russell the same way quinn snyder was scheming to do, uh, guard james harden and that one playoff series where ricky rubio <laughs> was guarding him from behind yeah that's what he did so he and it was really really bad back three. Oh my goodness and that's what makes me think scott caldwell is probably not 100 healthy because scott caldwell does not make that play twice no, so ever since subbed in for uh scott caldwell is that right yes yeah and looked yeah. very old yeah so there yeah. has to be something there right because yeah it reminded me of Hamasan olave when he was like half broken and injured when he re-signed with rsl uh and you know he he didn't have the recovery speed like he eventually adapted into a better player but at the yeah. start he was bad oh this was an 81st minute goal too wow yeah wait what no so yeah, i guess i jumped <laughs> to the last nine minutes for my recap sorry and uh, those are the most influential nine minutes that wasn't though. good from anyone on our defense yeah there's some other guys that definitely could have stopped is that yoni menendez that kind of just also let him go and you're not going to hear it with brian dunseth's commentary which is unfortunate because he absolutely lit into everton for it it was, and it was it was one of like it was it seemed like an all timer for me. That is not a defensive midfielder move, and that is like at some point like with with Johnny Menendez there, it's like okay, like that's probably just what's going to happen. Yeah, you expect but, that from a talented attacking player. And then it's just like Tate Schmidt kind of just makes like a half play that deflects it right back to Johnny. It was a nice one too between Johnny Russell and Tate Schmidt. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. was that Tate Schmidt? Tate twenty. Uh, 20- 21 staters yeah yeah that's that's that was smitch played him a nice played him into space too i mean you love to, you love to see it i mean kind of looks like that aside from like just being really clinical just like that jack wilshire arsenal goal where it's just kind of ping-ponging back and forth mm-hmm. except it's with your left center back midfielder wing wow <laughs> that's really unfortunate that's yeah. uh yeah that's the game in a nutshell uh, the was, one good thing that I think came out of this is we did see uh, Haziel Orozco. Yeah, he looked awesome. Yeah. yeah. He didn't have to do it a whole ton, but he definitely looked like a starting caliber center back, if I'm willing to go that far, and you guys are willing to accept that. It seemed like he was very, very much ready for the moment. But. Yeah, he was definitely at least at Eric Holt's skill level. Yeah. At I, Eric I honestly, Holt's 2022 skill level. I see you smiling <laughs> over there, but he's been good this year. Yeah, I, I yeah Haziel Orozco's looked good. I think he starts honestly next. Game. I don't know who else like, does. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, we're 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 in need of players at this point. That like I think Orozco and I mean they just throw some tape and some dirt on Marcelo Silva's tall toe and call it good. And he's back in the starting lineup with Orozco, and we don't have any other depth. So like those guys might need to go ninety minutes, unfortunately. But like it's where we've come down to at this point. Yeah, I mean you expect it from center backs, but uh, I think we have a problem because um, let me just pull up the numbers here. I'm trying to remember. The most games Marcelo Silva has played in a season. Are you really about to jinx one of our two only center backs remaining on the roster? I have jinxed every other one so far. So, yeah, I'm going to do Wait, it. Didn't you jinx this I'm this last game? Uh, well, Matt? Well, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You should be more sorry. No, I'm, I'm not, though. I am an unrepentant jinxer. Uh, so the most games he's played in one season is 20 and that was last year interesting and uh, that was notably a game season, season you say yeah yeah interesting more than half and uh only 
So he in 2020, he probably played a greater ratio of games to games available uh, just because of the weirdness of that season. Um, and it, it looks like he's uh, played at least since signing uh, 2017, not counting, of course, because he signed midseason. He's played at least half the games available. So I think that seems pretty good for a center back, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. For your starting caliber center. Oh, uh, but not when he's only one of two left. That does not look as good. <laughs> yeah, it didn't look good in the first place. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that's really tough. Anyway, Orozco's good. So Orozco's uh, good. And Marcelo Silva's been good. I mean, not yeah, just available. Yeah. He has been very good. And I think there's something to be said for giving him the captain's armband because he, as Pablo says, he does kind of take it up a notch. Yeah. So that's what you need, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I like Silva when he's playing uh, and not giving up penalties. you mind if i throw one more thing on this game real quick please do okay so you had mentioned johnny menendez and uh, alex and i had talked about this in our episode this last weekend but i I actually thought johnny menendez looked very good he didn't have a lot of uh, i guess opportunities per se but like the dude was playing for a majority of the time up top kind of a striker position even and he was hustling he was sprinting almost the entire time that he was in the game and i i haven't seen that out of a player and really a whole lot this season from Real. And so the fact that he was sprinting the entire game, he had a really nice shot. Like we talked about was called offsides. It was really, really good placement. Um, I, I asked Pablo about that in the post game presser. And I said, you know, he looked like he was hustling his butt off. And Pablo's like, yeah, basically kind of playing with the chip on his shoulder a little bit. Hasn't been getting as many minutes. But he did <laughs> note that Johnny Menendez has been staying late on practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays and getting in extra physical work after practice is over. So like, there was a debate for a while on why isn't Johnny Menendez starting? Is it like a practice issue? Cause for a while it kind of was a practice issue. He was kind of like not doing so great in practice. Obviously now it's not really a practice issue. It's just kind of, he's fallen out of the good graces of Pablo at this point and hopefully <sighs> get some starts. He looked fairly good in this game, I think. Yeah. And like the sort of player you want in a side that's playing a three, four, three, right? Like they can run want, all day. You want creative players. You want players that can run a press. And his pressure was so much better than what we've seen from Justin Miram, for example. Yep. Uh, who, like, Justin <laughs> Miram can be magical, but uh, he is kind of bad at pressing. Justin Miram is going to play 90 minutes for Iraq tomorrow. He's going to come home on a midweek flight, and he's going to start over Johnny Menendez at the weekend, and you know it. It's just oh, going to happen. Man. It's just going to happen. It sounds right. It doesn't it's matter just, what Johnny does at this point. It's know. just so confusing. Like, if it's not practice, then it's... <sighs> something else yeah i don't know and and maybe like pablo sees something tactical but he doesn't strike me as a person that would make tactical tactical decisions with the lineup like that right like yeah and one thing i've always wondered is when we get guys in here that are you know quote unquote don't do enough defensively is looking at like the comparable players in their positions. Like does Michael Chang and Justin Miriam really give you that much more defensively that you can justify leaving off extra creativity on the bench? Like it just doesn't make sense to me that, I don't know that maybe it's a mentality thing that they value that defensive work so highly. But for me, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't, think- I haven't seen, I haven't seen that. And since so much of this club is run based on the eye test, I uh, also like I mean, and I like Michael Chang and I like Jess Miriam and they, they do bring certain things. But one thing that the 343 has afforded us is that there's less pressure on needing defensive work rate from those like 
two more f- those like forward wing players. Yeah, because you're actually playing with wingbacks. Yeah, because yeah. we actually have Tatchman and and uh, I almost said Adrian Brody. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, he could play center back for us, right? Yeah, that would be so many great, great roles. He's played a lot of great roles. I love Adrian Brody, and his character in Succession was really good. Yeah. But I, uh, my favorite is. Uh, is um the darjeeling limited i think he's so great in that movie mm-hmm. um but anyway yeah bro we actually have those two like players uh as pl- like wingback midfielder players so there's less pressure on needing like we don't need joni menendez dropping into like a right back or left back spot like we did last year because of what we were doing like because we don't have demir crylock playing we are now playing with like without that 10 but that's giving us two attacking wing forward players that ostensibly should be players like Johnny Menendez because you do need some creativity on the field. So if Justin Miram travels to the other side of the world and back and still starts over him next week, I'm going to be, I'm going to be delightfully angry. We don't know yet if Johnny Menendez is injured. So that is true. Maybe that was too dark. I don't know. I mean, I mean how <laughs> practices have been going, and at this rate, I wouldn't rule it out. And You've apparently, just there's teammates putting challenges in that might injure players. So who knows? <laughs> yeah. So so let's let's end this talk about the game, and let's just talk about this injury crisis we're in. Yeah. And you were both in the press conference, right? So you you were there firsthand yeah. to talk to Pablo about it over Zoom, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, this one was Zoom. Yeah, the first in person one was against. Uh, but when Nashville. Nashville game, yeah. Yeah. Where he kind of got into it there too. So 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 walk us through what Pablo said and, and kind of what you asked. I mean, my question didn't get asked because there wasn't enough time. No, I'm just kidding. But uh for the most part, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't seem concerned. It doesn't seem to be an issue. It was in the game against Nashville, he was talking about Cordova needing to run until his leg fell off. And if he does, we've got someone for him next week. And then this week it was kind of more of the same. Even when he talked about not having enough center backs, the discourse was next man up, not an issue, not an excuse, which I mean, makes sense. I mean, those are the cards you've been dealt, but in my opinion, you're kind of dealing them yourself when you're making these comments about practice being so intense and you have to practice how you want to play. Like, you're putting guys you're putting more miles on the tread yeah. i guess so. that's what i can't get over is like i don't know if if these injuries are a result of the way we're practicing or the way we're being our players are being conditioned or a result of not paying attention to biometrics or or bad luck only. i think it's yeah know, important they very that. well could be and if that that is the case like that's fine what you should not be doing is going on the radio talking about things that could be directly correlated to the, like what we're saying so whether they are or they aren't i i honestly don't know and i don't know how to measure that quite honestly unless like we get a whistleblower from the inside who tells us all about the horrific practices like and i which it's not going to happen so i i don't know how to accurately measure that but it is weird to go on multiple like a media outlets, like whether that's through like a postgame presser and then just like a midweek radio show and just be talking about your philosophy that seems to be like 
could easily attribute be attributed to like the injuries that we're seeing. Yeah. And I don't know if they are or not. And I can't make that determination, like I said, but it's like, just don't do that. And <laughs> because, I think, I, yeah, I think it's possible that we do kind of have to acknowledge that we do have a pretty decent record. I mean, three wins yeah. from this schedule. I don't think any of us would have predicted, I especially against zero. the teams that they came against. So like, do we also have to acknowledge that maybe the team is responding to it well mentally, if not physically in their bodies can't keep up that brings me to like another annoying thing that like i okay i've i didn't i wasn't really on board with a pablo hire last year and i wasn't stoked about how we ended the season and i thought that was shambolic and i think that if we didn't make the playoffs we he honestly might not be the coach like it would have been a much harder sell both to new ownership and to fans i think because that was a that was a meteoric collapse uh into the playoffs last year collapsing into the playoffs is really funny but um one thing that matt and i were like laughing about the other day is that pablo has both he's he he just says things sometimes like that seem to be just like repeated like just like coach idioms like saying that the season is a marathon not a sprint but then seems to describe a lot of sprinting like behavior from both his like like what he wa- expects out of his players in the training practices. Like, yeah, the, 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 mar- the season is not, a, it, it is a marathon, not a sprint, but that's why like you're supposed to run until your legs break. Suppose like, that's just like, what does that mean? Like, I don't know what to honestly take from a lot of the stuff that he says. Like I like when he says his preferred ideal formation is a four back system, but like literally we're bending over backwards and doing whatever we can to make sure that we were playing in a, in a three back, even if that means, playing taters at center back like i don't know how to read anything by the way i don't i don't yeah i don't even know i genuinely have no idea like how to read so much of what he says so like i i that like earlier when i was saying like i don't know like what questions i'd ask it's like also i just don't know what information i can realistically glean from asking because like you guys ask good questions tom asks good questions lucas asks questions when he's there that are also good. Sorry, I forgot to say good questions. Uh, and I just like, I like I can read stuff and I listen to the the interviews. Tr- like Trey will say he's going on the uh, this radio show to talk about these things. Doesn't talk about those things. Talks about like other things. And then I'm like, and then I don't know what to glean from the stuff he did say. So like, I don't, I just don't know. I'm just so this. What we're talking about is RSL after five games. What does this team? What is this team even? And I honestly don't know because it looked like we were sprinting for these first five games, uh, even though the season's a marathon. But I like maybe we is this sustainable? The in, the injuries seem to indicate that it is not. But I don't know if that's a result of his coaching philosophy. I, I just don't know anything. I feel like I know as much about this team as I did going into this season, except we're just surprisingly at a been a better position than I thought we'd be. But yeah. One of the interesting things for me with that is that, I mean, it's like you said that, that he says these things that aren't correlated to reality. Um, I would love to see him talk about, you know, lightening up practice for a couple of weeks while we get players back from injury, trying not to add to the injury crisis. Um, but then he goes on, you know, in, in the press game, post game and says, uh, you, you, uh, is it you train how you want to play? Yeah. Practice how you play was pretty much. Yeah. And, and I, I get that. Like you want, if you want to play with intensity, you've got to train with some intensity, but we can't be having five games a week, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. we, we need to practice in a way that 
fits with the squad we have uh, and the way we're the way things are progressing now, whatever the cause uh, that has a potential to put us in a worse scenario. And we talked at the beginning of the season how we were excited to come out of the injury crisis. Yeah. And then we had a player injured. And then we talked again, like, oh, you know, we're close to getting Ruby or Rubin back. We finally did. Uh, But then there was another injury and another. And it's just snowballing. And uh, it's very strange. Um, But Alex, you were talking about the the record and uh, how we can be pretty satisfied with the record and how we've played. I'm curious, like... Is the record enough to override any concerns you might have? In my opinion, yes. I mean, if we're looking at what is this team after five games, I I mean, we can't say because we don't know. We haven't seen anything really close to a full-strength starting 11, and I don't think we're going to see one within the next five games. So yeah. it's unfortunately really difficult to say that we know what we are. And so if, you know, taking out the starting 11, what we definitely are is a team that is playing for their manager, which I think is a soccer phrase that gets thrown around probably too often but in talking to these guys post game none of the players seem to have any issue with the intensity totally we don't hear from the injured ones so maybe that's why (laughs) we don't get that perspective but i mean taters was talking about you know going full tilt in practice and i think i can't remember who else it was was mentioning that they get wednesdays off so it really wasn't too big of an ask or a deal but i mean the players seem to be bought in for as much as what's gone on and I think all of us sitting here would have accepted a three, one and one record through the first five games if we were offered it. So I have a difficult time saying, well, I don't have a difficult time being critical. I think, you know, that's frankly the easy part, but I do think it is important to acknowledge that we are in a, in a decent spot. And unfortunately I think the bar remains to just make the playoffs for as much as we've heard from you ownership about spending money until you kind of do it. You like, it doesn't really count. You know what I mean? We haven't, yeah, we haven't done anything. Exactly. So that's <laughs> why I'm like, the bar can't really be raised beyond what it's been for the last, you know, half decade, which is make the playoffs. And in that regard, we are doing, you know, fairly well to start the season. So yeah, as frustrating as the injuries are, I don't really see Pablo changing the way he does practice. And maybe he shouldn't, like maybe it's working. And maybe the guys will just get to a better fitness point. Yeah. Maybe. And, you know, maybe that's a thing that happens. I'm not a sports scientist. I don't know. Maybe where does Krylak fit? I see has entered the Google Doc. Um, that's another question that I think is very important in answering this. Where are we through five games? And I don't think we're anywhere close to answering that question because he's not going to play until, you know, well, he might play before he's fully fit. So I don't know. <laughs> he's done it once before. Yeah. <laughs> might as well do it again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I kind of want to add something on. I, I really feel like, you know, we don't know where the team is at because everybody's so injured and out of lineups. But there is something to be said about the the players that are coming in, like Bodie Davis getting his first MLS minutes. Chris Garcia, hardly newer, like comes in and, you know, does a, he showed a lot of energy. Did Good Chris Garcia him. play against Kansas City? He did. Yeah, he, he got he, something he flipped for the, the last couple minutes. He flipped the switch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but honestly, I mean, you look at how many guys are injured on the team, but we, we've still been able to get fairly good results. Yeah, I think there's a point where you start looking like so many people and we'll talk about those those uh, power rankings that make absolutely no sense in just a little bit, I'm sure. But, you know, the power rankings keep coming out and there's a point where you need to stop looking at the, the quote unquote talent that a team has and start thinking, you know what? 
like this team has what Pablo preaches all the time is that right mentality. They've got very good chemistry. They don't have a single over and out star with an ego on their team. Like Demir Krylock's a star, but he doesn't have an ego. He's very, uh, I guess, selfless. Yeah. And so with this team and the chemistry that they have and something that they've built here with Pablo, there's something to be said about where they're headed. And like, it's kind of been a next man up kind of thing for the team this year, but it's kind of worked for them. Like just how well they're playing together seems to really be working for the team. And so if you're wanting to really like put an identity on the team at this point in the season, it's hard to do because of injuries granted. But I think if you're going to do that, it's going to be a team that's, 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 United, I guess you could say. And in that, they're they're pulling out results. And totally. I, and that was Pablo's job when he got here, right? I mean, we heard yeah. that from Freddie is that there was like no culture and guys didn't even really communicate on the field, which yeah, just kind of blows my mind a little bit. But if that was Pablo's job when he got here, he has definitely achieved as much. So he deserves his credit for that, I guess. What's but. confusing to me about that is that Pablo was also here during that time, though, as an assistant. <laughs> I know he wasn't the head coach, but like, yeah, that was like... That's what, like when we signed him as an assistant coach and it was kind of like a big deal because, I mean, he wasn't an RSL friendly player or coach Not uh, until he got here. Yeah. Uh, still wears, you know, Colorado colors here and there. Just won't go buy some new shirts and ties, I guess, but <laughs> um, or a sweater. But he, uh, yeah, like that was always, always the sell. And like I... It, it 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 like I'm just worried that the burst that we're having kind of feels like, you know, what happened when he took over last year, and I'm just always worried that like what happened at the end of last season going into the playoffs can just so quickly happen. Like these results, like we could just start dropping some of these away games, and I like I'm glad we got these early wins because they're going to be important. But like, I'm just like if we don't get healthy, and if we, you know, there's only so many other next men to step up and like i'm just i i just worry a lot about that i just want like the players to be healthy so bad and i want to see like what a full strength lineup could actually look like but i have no idea when that's going to be who that's going to be against how long it's going to take for us to get there it's just and where Demir Krylock even fits in this i have no idea still so yeah i wanted to i want to think this is sustainable and to a degree i think it is but I said this somewhat facetiously before the Monarchs game that 16-year-old Julio Benitez is not really far off from RSL minutes. And I think, unfortunately, that's kind of true. Because if you look at yeah. center mid, Beasler's out, Dami may or may not be fit. If Scott Caldwell goes down and Everton can't play at the level <laughs> of a Monarch, we're going to, as, as Kyle, you said, it's only so far you can go with next man up until you are playing these teenagers on the roster. Yeah. And as a Monarchs and Academy fan, I want to see more of that. And I don't think we really become a selling team until we do, but that's another conversation. (laughs) But I think we're getting dangerously close to the point where we're going to be trotting out some of these teenagers we didn't want to have to see for another two, three years. So that's when it gets probably a little bit unsustainable to me. And so if we can get over the injuries before we can start losing too many of these games, I think we're probably good. But if any one of these is like a month to month thing, like if Justin Glad is out, you know, a month or two, I think then we get incredibly shaky and I think it does become a lot less sustainable. Yeah. And the problem for one of the problems for me with the short term injuries, you know, or these like short to medium unknown length term injuries is you lose out on some of the mechanisms you can use in MLS to bring in new players. Like if they're not, so if you're constantly losing players for six to eight weeks at a time, 
you're not going to put them on the disabled list, right? And sign another player in their stead. You're just going to have to like work your depth. And I, I think looking at our depth, like I am impressed. Um, but I think we've maybe reached the bottom of it. And that's where like my concern really surfaces. But I, I think you're right to think about the team as one that's showing a lot of togetherness and, and that's good. Um, I sometimes worry about like player run cultures because uh, players will run through walls for great coaches. Um, but great coaches shouldn't be asking players to run through walls for them. Dang, um, not that I'm saying, I know I've been practicing that line in the mirror all day. <laughs> um, but you know, it, and I'm not saying that's what Pablo is doing. Um, I'm implying that's what Pablo was doing, but I'm not saying that. <laughs> you know, just to keep that at least a little intellectually honest. In um, the yeah. one post game we had with Pablo in person, I know it is the cliche, but he did give his very long philosophical speech. It was incredible. Like it truly, yeah, as somebody awesome. that is supposed to be, you know, when I'm in that room, impartial, I'm not because I'm a fan. That's what yeah. I'm right. there for. But like, I truly was genuinely inspired. And not in some kind of quirky sporting way. Like it was truly inspirational. And so if he is, and I have to imagine he is that same person in front of a group of 30 guys in a locker room, that is yeah. genuinely to me what makes this feel sustainable. I think we've heard so much internally from the team about how good of a leader he is and how much of a people person he is. Seeing that face to face, like not through a Zoom call, was truly inspiring. And so I, I it's hard to quantify that and it's hard to put that into the equation of the sustainability, but I do think it's worth a lot in the end. And that's just something I'm willing to give him a ton of credit for. Cause it was, it was sure. very impressive. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, man. But so what is this Glad's team? Two months. What is this team? I have no idea. It's an injury riddled team. The yeah. team is the star is what it is. Kyle. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what it's going to have to right? Yeah. It's going to have to be if we're going to need Chris Garcia and his haircut to start playing some solid minutes. Yeah. How close do you think we are to having two to three teenagers in the starting 11? I think we're two weeks away. Two weeks away? I think, I think we're two injuries away. Next, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, exactly. Could be one week. That's, that's, that's true. <laughs> um, I, I would not be surprised if we see one teenager in our next home game. Who do you think? Well, probably two. Well, Let's I guess go Haz, two. I was going to say Haziel's a teenager. So that's yeah, why, and that's why, that's why I put the over under a two. Yeah. yeah. I'll take the, what's what's when you go right at the number? The, the middle ground. What's the, the betting line on that? Something? Sure. I don't know. Sure. That sounds right. Uh, I've revealed all my uh, betting knowledge here. So I'm, I'm tapped out. But yeah, all of that to say that our depth is is getting to the point where it is a little bit worrying. Oh, good. If you uh, a little if bit, you, a little bit worrying. <laughs> if you want to feel old, honestly, I don't know how old the both of you are, but I think even you will feel old looking at Haziel Orozco's uh, year of birth of two thousand four. Yeah, that one stings a little bit. Yeah, ninety nine, twenty two. So I've officially gotten to the point where I have to keep telling myself that, like, no matter what, I'm not going to be a pro athlete. And not that that uh, wasn't yeah. already the case, but like <laughs> nobody's out scouting, you know, adult wreck, 22 year olds. So it's hey, stuff out here. You could be the next Jesper Leffelsund. Uh, yeah, definitely. Who I still like, I'm still trying to figure out what the conspiracy theory that I have there is, but it just feels so weird. It what, that he's been odd. actually very good in all of his appearances? Yeah, I am really <laughs> confused by that. Like, how did well, it is? 
How did that happen? And we traded away our first round pick. And so he's like a, you know, late round guy and he's come in and has started or has been involved in all of our games and has looked good. Question yeah. mark. Very, very concerning that RSL drafted a player that might actually play for the first team. It is concerning. I don't get it. Long term. And it is like what was also very confusing was how he was signed. Like the order, like just. Yeah, that he was a Monarchs guy. And then a day before the home opener became an RSL guy. Yeah, that was that was interesting. But <laughs> yep. We're glad, glad to have him, though, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the I, new special ingredient. That's yeah, so, so the question on here also is why does everyone care about power rankings so much? I implore people to not pay attention to power rankings because oh. they're objectively objective. And like, you know, power rankings are fun. And like they obviously, I think they're kind of clickbaity because they like to get the people going. They rile them up. Oh, yeah. And but, you can rile them up without doing anything special. Yeah, you, you just can, have to like put what you maybe think. Yeah, <laughs> I know because they don't mean anything. So, and even I, the people that create them know they don't mean anything. I I know, like, yeah, I noticed like Andrew Weeby has power rankings in his bio, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, power rankings are like actually like the one of the laziest things I think. But and it's also really hard to do power rankings in a league where. Like, are we playing East Coast teams only like or Eastern Conference teams only like once this season? Is that what's happening? Yeah, again? and only some of them. And only some of them. So like power rankings in a league like MLS is just like impossible and also really early in the season. But I think it's I mean, it's easy to it's it's pretty clear that I mean, most RSL fans think that we are underrated based sure. on the power rankings, probably. Um, but also like. There's something something to be said for going under the radar and just being chill with uh, being underestimated. I think that there's something there because once you have the weight of expectations on you, I'm saying this as a Utah Jazz fan. There's nothing. There's <laughs> no. There's no. There's no going up from there, man. It's just. It's all. It's all bad times, and you don't want the bad times. So continue being an underdog is my is my advice, and never. Don't be like Justin Miram and say, I don't care, but we use it to fuel a fire or whatever. <laughs> just uh, just don't even just don't even act like they exist. Just uh, delete the website, take it down, call the anonymous hacker group or whatever. <laughs> tell oh, them yeah. to take down the website so there's no more power rankings. Is that how that works? I don't know how people take down websites these days. Uh, usually just wait for AWS to go down. That's right. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, go to a server for just kidding. No, no actionable. No, no, nothing actionable. But yeah, I don't know. I like power rankings are fun to read, but um, do you actually I read them? I, I, I like sometimes like when I see people like freaking out about it, I'm like, oh, I wonder what they have RSL as. And then but it's like, totally I honestly, placed. I genuinely do not want the weight of expectations on, on this team because it's so much more fun to overperform than underperform like. And if you were just performing, that's also okay. But underperforming or getting your hopes up or like having to deal with the other side of that is way worse. I think you just made Deloitte Hansen's sales pitch for the Uh, last like five years. Whenever they asked about like budgets. Here's the thing. I like being, I like, I like having low expectations from the outside. I like, like with, I like when other markets underestimate us like that, that feel that's way better. 
if internally our goal is to just simply make the playoffs, that really sucks. But I like the underestimating from other from other people. I just don't like the I don't like us underestimating ourselves, I guess. Do you think but, our goal was in the offseason and front office conversations, the goal was to just make the playoffs? Because I think uh, Andy was. Carroll explicitly told uh, said that back when he was here uh, at least once. So, no, but I mean, going into this off going into this year, uh, I mean, probably, which is I mean, it's fine. The, the thing is, you also just can't say that even if that is your goal. Yeah, because no, like, I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, in actual like front yeah. office conversations, do you think that's what they said? Honestly, probably like yeah, I agree. The yeah, goal can't also be to make the Western Conference finals again, because that would that I just don't. There's, there's don't no way know. that we could have sustained what we did last year there was nothing to carry forward right yeah and you know we've got to add some pieces and and the i think the front office recognizes that and yeah, hopefully I think they we eventually do with the That'd be yeah good. with the roster is currently constituted making the playoffs would be would be cool but like uh my bigger thing isn't necessarily like the successes that i'm looking for this year aren't necessarily on the field i guess like i'm really looking for well, I mean, in a way they are, but I, they're not, they're not necessarily the actual results. I like, I won't really want to see us building towards something. I want to see like, you know, development minutes for players that could actually be big pieces moving forward. And I want to see actual big, actually big signings that like we are supposedly promised. So, you know, and Sergio Cordova is not, is not that like, I know that there's a lot of like, David Blitzer is maybe going to buy Chelsea. So people are like, oh, can't wait to have a lot of Chelsea players. We got one guy on loan from from Augsburg and like uh, we're not. I mean, we can tell why he's been loaned out, right? Like, yeah, like super I obvious. think some people uh, the gap between a relegation team in, in Bundesliga and like MLS a, a guy who can't who can barely who can't really get minutes at a relegation team in Bundesliga is not very big between that and MLS. Who was also replaced by Ricardo Pepe of Major League Soccer fame. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of those so minutes like, were coming from Major League Soccer. So Yeah, and so it's like, uh, I mean, I don't, like expectations for him, I was kind of confused about because I was, and I, I don't, I, maybe this, like these pipelines are going to be fruitful. Um, I don't, I just, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. And like uh, we've had, I, I've, I don't know how long we've been doing this and we've heard about all these signings that almost happened that could have been so and yeah. And then like so many that, that re- legitimately could have and were stopped by ownership. So it's ready. Like it's time for those to happen again, but with different ownership. So uh, as soon as that happens, then I'll believe it. But I'm also, I've got concerns about like, you know, do we have a competent scouting department? Wait, I, hold hold on, Kyle. Sorry. <laughs> Do you not have complete and total faith in Luke Mulholland? Is See that, that what I'm I mean, hearing? And the computer program Y Scout? Yeah. That's the that's that's yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think I do, to be honest. But I mean it is it is interesting that like all those like signings that could have been or almost happened, a lot like so many of those were under were scouted by someone who's not here anymore. So yeah. Club Legend. Hey, like, how do we about, evaluate Luke Mulholland as a scout? Like, hey, I honestly have no idea. You want idea. to talk about Luke Mulholland's competence? Uh, one day, Luke Mulholland was downtown. And my brother was, like, out doing something downtown as well. Luke Mulholland saw my brother and thought that he was actually, like, friends with other players that, like, play for Real Salt Lake. So he actually invited my brother to a party at his house. 
<laughs> and my brother was like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll show up. Did he, he never go? did. No, he, he should have. He definitely should have, but. Mistake. Yeah. That, that I mean, I'm, I'm looking at all, I've got a list, a running list of Elliot Falls signings, and I don't think there's anything that points to Luke Mulholland being a good scout on this list. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but also I don't think far from what any of us well, expected. And like with the club's been hamstrung because Luke Mulholland or uh, Andy was was furloughed beginning of COVID, right? So like and then right after that was when Deloitte was ousted. So signings have kind of been it's kind of been confusing about like what all I, I'm just I don't know. I've got a lot of questions about how things have been running and like who is responsible for what. But yeah, um, if we're not in like and it's in the whole summer window discussion, if we're not in like really good shape going into like summer into summer, I'm like going to be kind of concerned. But and then even if we are, it's going to be the excuse that you have to give these guys an offseason and a preseason (laughs) to be fully integrated. And then if one guy gets injured, then the excuse actually gets bumped back a full year. Yeah. <laughs> See Bobby Wood. See Bobby Wood. If he is and if Johnny he's legitimately Benendez. hurt from this thing, like for I'm gonna be He's gonna he's be like, he's gonna be. I, I don't know. I I just I I I don't know. He's gonna be. I, I'm gonna be honestly really upset if like one the this precautionary nonsense continues to be like actual injuries. Like just yeah. be honest about it. <laughs> no, but but I mean, I under like I hate it, but I do understand if the league's not compelling them to be, there's absolutely zero advantage for them to be honest about it. You know what there's I mean? There's no advantage, but there's a lot of goodwill though. That's they like make us happy. That's an advantage. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree, but I just is there is there really that much of like a? I don't I know. Mean, that there, I'm I just guess. saying there is no advantage. To, I don't know that there is you know any real benefit, but there's definitely not an advantage to doing it to like yeah, yeah that's fair super I, I just wish the league were compelling them to do it because it's so much easier to follow in other leagues yeah because like, like fantasy football state. is great because the injury reports are extremely specific and up to date just there's nobody forcing one of the, mls to do yeah that. one of the funniest uh things kind of related to that was when clay uh when clay thompson was coming back to the warriors this season and Draymond Green was injured, but he wanted to play a couple minutes with uh, with with Clay before, um, like for his big return. So Draymond Green was out. He was listed as out for that game, and then oh no 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 he was listed as I can't remember what he was listed as, but he essentially only played like one minute of that game. Like he just was there for the starting line. Like they started the game. He was in for a minute or two and then was taken out and didn't play anymore. Cause he was actually injured, but he just wanted to play that game. <laughs> but before the books in Vegas could update tons of people put a, like a lot of money on Draymond green, go, like the under on like points, rebounds, assists, <laughs> like everything and made a ton of money on that. Wow. So that's what I'm, I'm hoping for that kind of situation here. Maybe I should be able to, should be able to take some kind of advantage of that. Anyway, I'll yeah. figure that out later. But So that's actually, like, I think the one thing that will compel MLS to release, like, meaningful injury reports. And it's it's not fantasy, it's betting. It's betting. Yeah, it's honestly exactly right. It. They're leaning into it for sure. Yeah, and, and that's how sports leagues are making money these days, right? Yep. Uh, as long as you're not a player, you're totally in the clear. <laughs> Which still kind of funny to me. Um, but you know, if you can't get a reliable injury report, you can't make like a meaningful bet line, right? 
And right. if That's you don't have point. good betting lines, you will lose money. So you maybe Dude, don't. That is a very good point. But at I this point, there's just that. nobody in Vegas that cares enough about MLS that an injury yeah. report would sway a line one way or the other, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Which, yeah. Maybe that'll change, but yeah, it will. Uh, that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah. So anyway. Should we preview Colorado? Yeah. Who's going to play? All right. So I here's my one lineup prediction. I put it in the document. Justin Miram, we have established one, that he is tall, <laughs> and two, that he is always going to play every game, uh, regardless of who might be better suited in front of him. Sure. So Justin Miram is center back. Cool. Anything else? I don't else? see why not. Yeah, um, Justin Miram, Johnny Menendez at center back for me, probably. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's probably, you know, kind of a ragtag combo, but I think I think enough <laughs> human spirit will see them through. Zach McMath has played fantastic at goal, and I think we could maybe give him a chance up top. We <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he showed a lot of effort in practice. He probably deserves an opportunity to score. You never yeah. know. You like Allison Becker essentially secured Liverpool's place in the top four last year because of a headed goal. Please so, don't tell Pablo that. Goal. He will run with that. I would love to see. I w- I really want us to be desperate for a, a, key, a goal and keeper goes up and Zach McMath heads one home. Can you imagine oh. if David Ochoa were to? I was about to say. Can if, you if, imagine? I remember Nick Romano getting a shot off once in the closing minutes. Was it the U.S. Open Cup final? And oh my god! Not the yeah, goal, and he's up for a goal, right. and it lands at his feet. And of course, he's not a striker. So why would you even day. put him up on a corner, though? Because that was we were so desperate because we had just <laughs> it was the worst game in all. It was it was twenty thirteen, right? It might have been the worst game in RSL history, actually. Yeah. Because I mean, the home the the Monterey final was almost was, expected, right? Like it was kind kind of yeah, but the. The U.S. Open Cup final, yeah, against the DC United. Oh well, on that happy note, uh, I think that's our RSL Colorado preview. Uh, Hopefully, next time we play them, we can talk about you know what it's like to have a coach who coached Colorado, coached RSL, played for Colorado, hated RSL, Um, but it just doesn't feel that relevant right now, which is funny. Yeah, I said on our podcast that is the Rocky Mountain narrative even really a thing anymore? Yeah. Do you, do you guys, I mean, we are at this point, we're clocking in at almost two hours. We are in the upper echelon of RSL fandom at this point. That's right. Do any of us feel any different about this game than we did about Kansas city or say Nashville on a rivalry scale? Nashville. Be honest with me. Nashville. Yes. Kansas city. No Portland. No Seattle. No galaxy. No LAFC. No. I think I'm I agree. Who else? Yeah. Who else is in the wet? Like the other Texas, yeah. The Texas teams, yes. Minnesota, yes. But like all Minnesota, the teams, yes. I might even put Minnesota ahead of Colorado now. Any team that we've played in the playoffs, I feel different about. Like any, like we've had like epic series and against the Galaxy, Portland, Seattle. Like Colorado was bad for so many years that like I like. I cared less about them just because they were legitimately terrible. Like through all like those Tim Howard years and all of that, they were awful. That's I think I'm willing to say that Minnesota for me is a bigger rival right now than Colorado strictly because of David Ochoa. Yeah, that's how that's how low Colorado has gotten on my rivalry. Those we just haven't had like big game moments other than just like like the the antics, which I which I loved and appreciated. I just like 
we've just, it, I just always, it, it's like a nostalgia thing for me at this point. Like the, the Colorado stuff seems too far off. Like we haven't had like a big playoff thing against Colorado. Like when's the last time we played Colorado in the playoffs? Ages. I, That's an RSL trivia question for me next week. Like <laughs> maybe. I honestly have no idea. I I, was it what, like 2008? Probably. It was. No, we were in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Well, no, we flipped to the Eastern. 2009 was Eastern Conference. We were in Eastern Conference. Yeah, so 2008, I think we were. It might have been 2008. Or no, is that when we beat them final day to get in and push them That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what I'm thinking. But like, like, I just, uh, for some reason, the playoffs just feel like so much more important to me. And so like, and we've had just incredibly epic games and when they were two legs series against those teams that like I just I don't know but yeah I don't I don't care about Colorado would you get rid point. of Rocky Mountain Cup if you could oh because I think yeah. by getting rid of it you make room for something else and I think a Kansas Maybe. City something feels more I don't want yeah, like retire it just exactly retire that's what I'm saying I, if I, anyone cares I don't know because yeah. I mean so, MLS tries really hard to force these geographical rivalries but I don't I don't have any adverse feelings towards the state of Colorado I'll be honest it's just yeah. not like other leagues kind where, of a cool we're, state. where we're close enough that yeah, it's it really cool. has any bearing on my feelings against. I really like Colorado. And you don't get the California thing of like getting to hate a team because you think that people from that state are driving up housing prices, even though it's a combination <laughs> of like artificial supply and big business and all That's that. right. That's nice. Um, I like that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And like also there's just a thing with like California just getting like bandwagon fans like yeah that's like it's there was like the years where i was just like pitying colorado like everything about them was just bad like can't can't get a jersey sponsor even though it looks better like they're state like <laughs> couldn't fill a stadium like and then they hired Played a good right. coach and they got good players and then they like are better even when they're better though i'm just like uh exactly and so that bad. to me that to me is the true test is that even if they're good and even if we lose to them and i don't care anymore I think that means the rivalry might yeah. be dead. So here's what for it is me, for me. Yeah. It's it's that I actually really like Robin Frazier. And me too. He should, we should have hired yeah. him like two different times at least. Yep. We should have hired him over Jeff Kassar. We should have hired him over Mike Petke. Like Freddie Juarez, was he already coaching at Colorado at that point? Uh, I'm willing to give Freddie Juarez a, a pass because he came through a weird process uh, of Mike Petke being fired for that incident so you all give freddie wires a pass but you know it's it's just so disheartening to see like this guy who's turned out to be a great coach passed over again and again by deloy hansen uh and i think we all know the reason why and it has nothing to do with his credentials (laughs) yeah i was really jealous of that hire and i think he's a great coach so yeah yeah him and savarisi i was pretty bummed about yeah this got a new extension robin fraser he deserves it they're good yeah but so, yeah, eh. I guess that's how I feel about the rivalry is I love Robin Frazier. Like he was a great assistant coach here. He got a kind of a raw deal in his first coaching gig. And uh, he's finally getting the, you know, the plaudits he deserves. And it should have been us. <laughs> so the Rocky right. Mountain Cup is dead is what we yeah. decided. Yeah, I think so. okay, for us. That's, that's the answer I was fishing for. I mean, there are still like, I mean, we still have fans that travel there and like oh, make yeah. a big deal about it. So like, I, I just... I, I wouldn't can't be, actually arsed, like, as it were. Yeah, I wouldn't actually advocate for getting rid of the cup and not having that that like fan ceremony. I think there's some importance in like maintaining that tradition because there are a lot of people 
who care very deeply about it. Yeah. And like, it's not the, you know, the RSL fan base that has developed over the last, you know, six to seven years, which I think is very different from the fan base that developed, you know, almost two decades ago. For sure. Yeah. It's an old school rivalry for sure. I'm just. Artificial or not, like there are people who love it. So I'm yeah. happy to let them keep <laughs> well, loving well, it. Uh, we don't have anything to replace it with yet either. Like, I don't, I don't who's, who, who, what, 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 what could we replace it with? Uh, something with Minnesota. So the first rail monarch season, uh, they had those giant like blow up balls that you played soccer in. Yeah. I think we should replace it with that. <laughs> that sounds good. We <laughs> should probably in lieu of a cup, we should do that. Yeah. Although your feet are sticking out in those, aren't they? That seems uh, really dangerous for I ankle. saw you. Yeah, you they are. All right. It looks like it would hurt your ankles. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Okay. But right. maybe. Bad plan. We don't need more injuries. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to say. All right. So uh, closing thoughts. I, I put this in the document for Trevor to read out loud. Um, but since Trevor isn't here, should we just skip it and not say what it is? Or is it funnier to read it out I can loud? Will Smith, hear, yeah. Is Will Smith a top five RSL player of all time? That's for Trevor. Honestly, with the smack, have we had an RSL player lay down a smack like that before? I don't. I can't think of one. We definitely have had like good headbutts. Yeah. I'm I'm really bummed we never got like a Euro, like a violent Euro moment on his return. <laughs> I wanted to see him put the fear yeah. of God in someone with like a, you know, not point like to a, his name for Deloitte Hansen to see. Yeah, I just want you know maybe he changes into tracksuit after a game and rolls up in his G wagon and really does some damage to someone. I would. What even is the that. biggest fight we've had on field? I don't even know. I know. I, you got me. Kansas City now. preseason 2011, yeah, 2012, 2000-something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely in the 21st century. It's, it's yeah. What do, yeah, know. that sounds right. I don't know. We, we haven't had very many. Well, dear listener, one of you, um, you can decide if you are the dear listener or if you're not. And if you're wondering if you are, then you're probably not. That's right. Um, but um, Ethan, Alex, plug plug the pod, oh, and yes. then let's let's. We should have done that at the bed. beginning. I think we did in the did introductions. Sort okay, of. okay, that's hey, good. No worries, no worries at all. Thanks for the time, though. Um, yeah, appreciate your guys' time and uh, and being on here with us. It's been an awesome time, awesome two hours to. to it, fly, it flew by. It's yes, all right. It's it like did. pretty late. Now. It really did. It flew by for sure. Um, but. If you're giving us the opportunity to plug, we Please. will go ahead and plug away. Um, you can go ahead and find uh, Ethan, myself at Ethan Kershaw nine, find Alex at Alex Maurer on Twitter. Um, also, please be sure to give a listen to our podcast. Um, it's the RSL Sundays podcast at the Hive Sports. All right. Find the Hive Sports <laughs> at the Hive Sports on Twitter. I think Matt's headed over there right now to uh, to follow. He's got a backlog sports. of like six months. He's got to listen to. I saw, I saw, before <laughs> I I saw, saw one no person. way that lets him release this audio. I saw that one person complaining that they had to listen to the other Hive sports stuff. And I was like, you can just not. Yeah, listen we're not, to we're the, not making anybody yeah. listen to those. You know, we're not like, you can, with that stuff. I was like, you don't have to listen to every. We don't host those other ones. We're just here for the uh, yeah. RSL Sundays. So. Yep. Do I have to get the other episodes? I was like, what kind of podcast app do you have <laughs> that you like have to listen to everything? Yeah. No, oh, another new episode showed up. <laughs> I don't want to listen to it. Yeah, let's go. Just just on Sundays um, is when they are usually released. So uh, keep an eye out for that. It's a lot of fun. Um, Alex, Alex and I just talk for I mean, we talk for a little bit 
lesser amount of time, but it's a, it's a good time. Just talk about uh, Rayal Salt Lake and uh, how they're doing. And usually we try and keep it more positive and upbeat because a lot of people try and uh, talk about how negative the situation yeah, is. Yeah, this Rayal, dark but... and dreary show doesn't really yeah. fit our normal aesthetic. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to keep right. it happy. So <laughs> head on over there, give it a listen. We've got like maybe five six people who listen every now and then which my is grandma good, and so. my aunt and my girlfriend are that's perfect them, so yeah family members yeah. so yeah Join give it a listen it's good stuff all right i'm gonna go subscribe right now thank you matt uh the hive sports that's why i couldn't find it well there's so many things called the hive sports but i assume it's the one with the state of utah and these yes. podcasts called rsl sunday yeah what that's what do you one. do when the like when we have a sunday game they just record late on sunday uh, so, so I mean, in the past, we've been actually recording before the game occurs. Oh, so doing okay. some type incorrect. of preview, mm-hmm. um, and then when Didn't the game is over, on the the what was that? What was the first game? Did uh, the Houston game? I thought you guys recorded after. Maybe not. Um, I I think so far. Oh yeah, the Houston game was on on Sunday. So it I was mean, like an early one that week. We just did a like a prep kind of thing, like a like a preview type thing for the Honestly, Houston game, and then congrats just... on not recording after that one because that was the worst. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that was a rough game. But we just kind of did the recap of that game and then the Seattle game into one episode and tried to condense as much as yeah. possible. Which it's hard to condense the Seattle game because that was a long. We make no yeah. condensing efforts, and this is the emo boy podcast where Matt and I, we and Trevor. Sometimes we, you know, listen to true emo music, listen to American football <laughs> and put on some slight chill jazz before and after and enjoy some ads that are put in by not us. So, yeah, we're oh, we we hit two hours on this one. Wow. Yeah. So on that note, uh, Alex, Ethan, thanks again for being on. And uh, thank you for having us. Have a wonderful remainder of your evening, however short that may be. Bye, everyone. Good night. Thank you. Say goodnight, Ethan. Say. <laughs> Good night. Nice.